Profusely for the very lame bleep that I had to put in there, but That's I'm sure right. you did a better you job. New version. I thought you were sending me a new version. I'll uh, give it to Boker today. Yeah, okay. Swell troop numbers in Iraq. How about that Tom Brady and the Patriots last night, huh? Oh, man, did they kick some Viking ass right there in Minnesota or what, huh? Absolutely. Josh didn't see the game. No, I was uh, busy moving. Again? I'll be moving. Jeez, you're like a, a freaking gypsy. Like a transient, a vagabond. Hey, man, years, years come real quick, man. He's a traveling man. What? <laughs> I move every year. I don't stay in the same place. Why is that? Well, because the, moving on up now. The rent moves up after you got that big deal. That big new deal now. I'm sure that Joe's taking real good care of you, just like uh, just like Chris Jones is taking real good care of us. One thing about QAM, man, nothing ever changes. You know, neurotic repetition. That's why there's no point in talking about it. The checks show up, and that's all I care about. Swell troop numbers in Iraq. Speaking of numbers. With the U.S. death toll in Iraq passing 100 this month, and I don't want to hear about uh, Tony Kornholer's uh, man crush on Tom Brady, all this other stupid crap. You know, it's just so, so embarrassing. So, although I tell you one thing, he sure did look good last night, both in the game and on the sideline. But doesn't he always? With the U.S. death toll in Iraq passing 100 this month and midterm elections just days away, in fact, I'm kind of wondering, can this must macho, Tom Brady or Brady Quinn? By the way, George, you forgot to buy Brady Quinn a birthday gift. His 22nd birthday was just three days ago, October 27th. Who? The quarterback of Notre Dame, Brady Quinn, a real stud. Who? With the U.S. death toll in Iraq passing 100 this month and midterm elections just days away, the number of U.S. troops in Iraq has swelled to 150,000. It's the highest level since January after U.S. troop build up for the Iraqi elections in December 2005. 
A Pentagon spokesman attributed the growth in size of the force to overlapping unit rotations, but the stepped-up operations have so far failed to bring the violence under control, as we well know. The number of U.S. servicemen and women killed in Iraq this month, and today is the last day of the month. It's Halloween. It's at 103 in one of the bloodiest months since the 2003 invasion. And uh, it's Halloween today. Election Day is a week away. In all, 61 U.S. Army soldiers, 31 Marines, two Navy sailors, and an airman have been killed in action, while two soldiers and a Marine have died of non-combat-related causes. Four non-American coalition soldiers were also killed. In addition, five U.S. civilians were killed in attacks, bringing the monthly toll for the coalition as a whole to 106. More numbers, man. All the numbers all the time. More statistics. Speaking of statistics, here's the result from yesterday's poll. What's the worst thing about women? 1377 is the total number of votes. Mood swings, 276. Non-stop bitching, 220. Never say what they mean, 164. Unrealistic expectations, 157. Nagging, 154. How come we left uh, gossip off of this thing? They gossip like crazy. How come we left <laughs> expensive off of that? Yeah, we left some good choices off here. Nagging, 154. When they get saggy and sloppy, 102. When their boobies are hanging down to their ankles, saggy and sloppy. I hate this pool, 89. 6.4%. Well, you know what? Too bad. We liked it. Nothing wrong with women. They're great. All of them, even the sloppy old saggy ones, 83. They never forget, 78. They have no sense of humor, 36. And rush to commitment, 18. They want to get married before you got your pants down to your ankles yet. Well, that's a shame. How's today's poll coming out? And by the way, speaking of that, Witherspoon and Philippe split. I can't believe that. Who cares? Wasn't that the important kind of news we're supposed to really lean all over? Yeah, well, she's ugly. 895 votes on the poll today. See, that's more like it, because I put it on a more reasonable time. <sighs> I switched it. Oh, Rick Santora, man, he hasn't got a Chinaman's chance in hell. MSNBC is all over this election stuff like nonstop. How about that big debate last night? Did I watch it? No. No. And for Rodrigo, who sent that fax yesterday, almost demanding, well, where's that story? Uh, I got it. I, I sent it along to Josh, but he didn't put it on our website, probably because it's too long. No. That's... No what? You didn't get it? it? it must have, there must have been a problem because uh, I put Wayne up... Madsen report. No. Nope. All about Charlie Crist and his 16-year-old boyfriend and about... Um, and actually, uh, stuff about other people, too, like David Dreyer of California. There's awesome. Pretty interesting. I'll get to it. And I'll see if there's a way we can get you to put it on the website. And if not... Resend uh... it. I'll do it right now. I, I can't resend it. What do you mean, resend it? I mean, you can't. Well, I could. You mean right now? Right now. Right in the middle of the sentence that I'm speaking right now? Like Howard Beale said? Yeah. Turn it off right in the middle of it? Yeah. And then he, like, flopped on the floor. I'm not going to flop on the floor for it. So where are you moving now? Same neighborhood. I'm just uh, moving apartments. No. Well, you sure get around, I'll tell you that. Yes, he does. Now, is, your, is your roommate moving with you? No, just moving in with another buddy of mine. It's trading up. Moving in with another buddy of yours? Okay, 895 votes on the poll, 903 now already. Boy, they're coming in in chunks this morning. What are you most addicted to? Sex, 168. The Neil Rogers Show, 129. Isn't that incredible? Man, that's such a sweet thing. Well, they realize it's my birthday Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's what? It's sweet. It's sweet. Real sweet. Not as sweet as Brady Quinn, but almost. I can't believe you didn't send him a little something-something. Who? The quarterback of Notre Dame. That's your religion, man. It's your Catholic university. Hmm? I'd like to check to make sure that he's uh, Irish and Catholic. Uh, Neil Rogers, 129. Sex, 168, of course, is leading. Sugar, 116. That was my vote. In fact, your fault yesterday. I went out and I got um, not one oh, but two. No. I got not one but two of those, um, what the hell is the ice cream? I don't know. Those cones. Oh, drumsticks. No, not drumsticks. Oh, drumsticks are so plain, man. They're for sissies, drumsticks. Get out of here. 
What the hell is the ice cream that I'm all whipped up about? See, my it's a age thing, brain fart, oh. or whatever the hell they were. And then I went and got some other crap. You're gonna die. Of all that. because of you. Yeah, I will die. Sugar one sixteen, porno one hundred and twelve. Now look at that. You lump all those four together there. They all did pretty well. Sex, this show, sugar and uh, porno. I don't see much difference. Although this show used to be a lot more pornographic back in the day before the FCC decided we can't say crap or do anything on the air. And before Joyce stuck her fat ass in there, too. Hey, we hate you, bitch. Uh, I hate this poll, 41, 4.5%. Oh, pot, I left that out, 61. They're addicted to pot. Refined carbs. Oh, I, I skipped way the hell down here for some reason. Porno 112, TV 76, refined carbs 62. In other words, other than sugar, like chips and dips and crap. Mm -hmm. Pot 61. I hate this poll, 41. Booze, 39. That was a late edition. We apologize. So that Josh would have something to vote on. Gambling, 19. The Internet, 17. Sleeping pills, 15. Caffeine, 14. Well, if you have too much caffeine, you better start popping them sleeping pills. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, those days when I have long sessions at Woodbine, you know, I'm drinking all those free diet sodas. Mm-hmm. Peeing a lot, I'll bet. Load, yeah. Oh, yeah, I have to put a cup on a machine, make sure somebody's watching it. <laughs> and I'm running P8 million times. Caffeine, 15. Sleeping pills, uh, 15. Cocaine, 13. Heroin, 11. Sports, 9. Oh, we're so sorry. And meth, 6. What a meth. I voted for meth. What a meth we weave when we practice. What do you mean you voted for meth? I did. I didn't want the meth to feel bad. Speaking of people whose lives are a meth. <laughs> well, evidently, Oscar winner Reese Witherspoon and Flags of Our Fathers, Fags of Our Fathers star Ryan Philippe are separating after more than seven years of marriage. The representative said yesterday, isn't America whipped up about this? At least it's a break from freaking Brangelina already, for Christ's sakes. God almighty. Witherspoon, she's really Mias, by the way. Yes, she is. He's a lot prettier than she is. No question. Witherspoon, whose marriage reportedly has been on the rocks for some time, is the latest Best Actress Academy Award winner to suffer marital woes. In January, two-time Oscar winner Hilary Swank split from her husband, Chad Lowe. Isn't that Rob Lowe's brother? I think it is, yes. Yeah. Hey, Rob. You fairy. We are sad to announce that Reese and Ryan have decided to formally separate. Their publicist said in a joint statement. Let's see. He's 32 and she's 30. She's uh, About 30, man. reportedly met at her 21st birthday party before working together on the 1999 film Cruel Intentions. Never saw that. I saw They it. married in June of that year, and they have two children, 7-year-old daughter Ava and 3-year-old son Deacon. The publicist gave no more details about the split, and nobody with a, any kind of a life should really care. In the past 10 years, now here's a little interesting trivia for you if you ever go on the Mike Spindell Trivia Show. In the past 10 years, oh, when's that starting? I'll tell you one thing, there'll be no punches pooed. Mm. In the past 10 years, <laughs> no, seriously, this, this regime that we got running this joint right now, I, I, I just, there are no words to describe what they've done here. It's just uh, astonishing. Amazing to me. But they got the log filled up, and of course, your sales manager, he just, he's like his predecessor now. He just avoids me like poison. He won't even come in there no more. Because he knows he hasn't got a leg to stand on, and he lies like crazy. In the past ten years, six of the nine Academy Award winners for Best Actress ended up splitting from the husbands or boyfriends they thanked on Oscar night. Witherspoon, Swank, Hallie's Berries, Julia Roberts, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Helen Hunt. The exceptions are Charlize Theron, Frances McDormand, and Nicole Kidman, who was unattached when she won. Well, she's probably got issues now that she was married to that queen. Witherspoon established herself as a major box office draw, started the 2001 comedy Legally Blonde, and scored a follow-up uh, hit with Sweet Home Alabama. She went on to win Best Actress uh, Oscar earlier this year for her role as Johnny Cash's country singing sweetheart June Carter in Walk the Line. Oh, I wouldn't watch that if you paid me uh, by the second. That's a little of it. Newly disclosed court documents show Witherspoon recently settled a lawsuit she brought in June accusing Star Magazine of falsely reporting that she was pregnant with a third child. Maybe she's just getting a little chubby or something like that. 
Or maybe he had a little chubby. I don't, I don't know what the deal was. But anyway, he's okay. He's, he's a good actor in spite of the fact that you keep picking on him for that one movie that he did the bad uh, voice in. Well, I can't get over it. He was There's a nightmare about him talking now, what movie that. was that? That was, um... Way of the Gun. Way of the Gun. Now, that's a good movie. Okay. You don't think so? I couldn't get past that accent. Wasn't uh, your boy in there? Uh, what's his name? Benicio Del Toro. Benicio Del Toro was Always in there. Always does a good job in the movies. Even if the movie's not. <laughs> oh. 10-14. That's our QAM anti-sports time. How about those Patriots, baby? Oh, oh man. They just wiped those Vikings right off the field. Hey, I guess it's October 31st. It's Halloween. It's the last day of the month. And as a result, it's Lou Backroad's last chance to get to the race to the 1,000 goal. That's right. For the first time in Lou Backroad's history, they've been out to sell a 1,000 cars in one month. And as a result, they're doing all kinds of spiffy things for you, giving you even better deals than usual. They've got the biggest selection of new and used cars, including those hot new Corvettes, which I love, as you know. Trucks, SUVs, and minivans anywhere in town. They've also got used cars starting at just thirty-nine ninety-five. Every single one of them backed by a Carfax guarantee. And they're staying open till midnight. See, it would be nice to get like a follow-up on this, Chris and uh, Brian Schmutz, who's out of town. It would be nice to get a follow-up because, obviously, today is the 31st. So I guess they're staying open till midnight tonight. And then, uh, you know, get in there. You know what I'm saying? What are you saying? I'm saying that I'm not, like left out in the lurch. These bastards, these lunatics, man, just put a bunch of spots on the log. That's all these people are all about. This Chris Jones, man, this guy ought to go back to Alabama with a banjo up his ass. Forget the price. Make him an offer at Lou Backroth. He will beat any deal because they want to get to that 1000 Maybe they already got to a 1000 but, you know, they're not going to tell you. They give you lots more money for your trade, 0% financing, rebates up to six grand, whatever it takes to make you a fabulous, unbeatable deal. Only at Lou Backroad Chevrolet, where I've been buying my Corvettes and other cars for years and years because they give you unbeatable service, fabulous prices. They treat you with velvet gloves. Two locations for you. You'll find Lou Backroad in Pompano Beach, a quarter mile west of I-95, and a Coconut Creek on 441, just south of the Sawgrass. Don't forget, they're staying open until midnight tonight because it's Halloween, the last day of the month, and they want to get to their goal. So go to Lou Backroad Chevy for the best deal you ever heard of in your life, or check them out on the web at Lou Backroad, B-A-C-H-R-O-D-T, LouBackroad.com. Tell them that Chris Jones sent you in. The biggest name. Hey, Chris, you call it, idiot. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, Q-A-M. No. Neil saw the bit on Saturday Night Live that compared how Tom Brady picked up women to how some regular office schmo picks up women. It was slightly funny, but not as good as the bit they didn't have the balls to do, comparing how Tom Brady picks up women to how Michael Vick picks up women. Starting with Tom's introduction. I'm Tom Brady. And then moving into his routine. Hey, Lisa, you look pretty hot today. Maybe we should go to lunch sometime. Oh, well, great. How about tomorrow? Okay. Great. See you then. Now, let's hear Michael Vick's introduction. Hey, I'm Michael Vick. I mean, I mean, uh, Ron Mexico. Yeah, that's it. And his routine. Hey, Lisa, you look pretty hot today. Maybe you and I should go to lunch sometime. You know, you and me, Ron Mexico. Oh, well, great. How about tomorrow? Okay. Great, Allah. See you then. But, uh, hey, Lisa, one question. It doesn't matter so much if my genitals oftentimes become inflamed with some open sores due to something that people like to call herpes, does it? Lisa, come back! Lisa! Uh, that's why I don't tell nobody that. And that is why Tom Brady gets more women than Michael from Mexico Vic. Oh, that must be it. I knew there was some reason. 20 past 10 at 560 WQM. Now, uh, Josh, I just emailed you that thing. The Wayne Madsen report, did you get it? Uh, I'll have to see. Let me hit send it. What do you mean you'll have to see? You said send it to me right now, like right in the middle of a sentence. Uh, I mean, you're, you know, pushing me around, pushing it. He's clicking. 
and I just sent it to you. Now it's long and it's got it goes on at great length, but I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you put something that's got like pages and pages. Maybe you're just not capable of doing that. Maybe you don't have the ability. No, I'm not. Yeah, talking you're right. About I guess you. I just won't do it. No, I'm serious. <laughs> what a schmuck! Didn't he just say go ahead and send it to him and he'll do what he can I'm to get it on there right away? Emails right now. He's sending and receiving. What are you talking about? Sending and receiving oh, my ass. Yeah, probably. That's a big bar. Hope you got a big computer. He has a real email client, so you know it downloads the email into his computer. And and uh, and now he can see what's there. You got it. Is it from Smirking Chimp? No, it is not. Well, then I don't have it. How could you not have it? Wayne Madsen. Oh yeah, I got it. I just got it. Okay. You are, you know, something. No wonder you keep moving out. They probably keep kicking your ass out. Why don't you just admit it? He trashes the place, and so he's got to leave. So, what's your uh, new roommate story? Where did you find this guy? I actually Some lived bar? with him before I. Uh, you why you what? Moved in with my current roommate. <laughs> okay, no comment. Just take a look at that thing, and if you can do something, I know what you're time. going for, buddy. But you got. <laughs> I'm not going for anything. I'm not going for anything. Whatever you do, more power to you. Have a good time. Enjoy your life now, because you know. Rodrigo yesterday sent us in that caustic, rather caustic facts like, uh, well, how come that stuff you read on Friday isn't on your website? Well, it would be if Josh could get his head out of his ass, out of his roommate's ass. The Wayne Madsen report. Now, we've had some other Wayne Madsen stuff we put on there. He's an investigative journalist out of D.C. from deep inside the Washington Beltway, it says here on his website. Anyway, I've got it all right here in my hand, whether you have it on there or not. So we're trying to get it on our website, and if not, too bad. It says... Uh, well, let me find this. I, I mean, there's so much on here. It says, we now have our gubernatorial endorsements and campaign website links up. There are a number of Democratic women running in ticket-wide races. They will know how to keep the GOP sexual predators in line. That's basically what most of this stuff is about, about the perverts in the Republican Party, which we don't mind perverts. I like perverts, being one myself, but I don't like hypocrites. Right. He says, legitimate human and civil rights versus a secreted GOP homoerotic cabal is the real social issue in this election. The GOP is hyping the New Jersey Supreme Court civil union ruling and anti-gay marriage initiatives in a number of states as reasons to boast about their fanciful chances of retaining control of the Congress. Nothing could be further from the truth. This election is about constant GOP lying and hypocrisy on the issues of the rights afforded U.S. citizens regardless of sexual orientation. According to senior Democratic sources in the House, the Pagegate scandal is merely the tip of the iceberg of the predatory nature of a number of GOP congressmen, Bush administration officials, and senior staffers also. The GOP is trying to make the claim that the House Ethics Committee, which it runs, is almost finished with its investigation. However, senior Democrats in the House claim that there's been no investigation, merely a cover-up to douse the flames from a serious sex scandal just days before the election. A week from today, the last time I checked. Can I interrupt you for a second? Go ahead. It, what is this? I mean, is this one article, this whole page? It's all different dates going back. No, it's a series October. of entries on the, uh, these dates are a series of uh, things that he uh, puts on his uh, uh, website. So you want me to just put it up the way it is with all these dates and... Not necessarily. Why, can you pick and choose which ones you put on there? Absolutely. What did he say? Absolutely. Oh. Well, if you could do that, then the ones starting October 27, 8, and 9, you see that? Yeah. And then that going... Now, there's some other stuff on there where it's got like... Um, oh, it's a schedule of where he's going to be and the book signings. Forget about that. And then the thing about Dick Cheney running around in his underwear in front, in front of his uh, daughter's little girlfriends years ago. And then through the 1 October 25th about Charlie Crist, which is the one everybody in Florida is whipped up about. And then it shows the uh, copy of his individual tax returns from 2005 and 2002. Do you see that page? Can you see it? Uh, not yet, but I'll find it. No. 
Anyway, can I get back to this stuff? Because whether you can find it or not, we sure as hell got a lot more people listening than we are going to read it on our website. That's for damn sure. And if we don't, we're in big, big, fat-ass trouble. I'll tell you that right now. Isn't that true? Sure. Why not? Uh, tip of the iceberg. Democrats point out that House Speaker Denny Hastert's four top aides, Chief of Staff Scott Palmer, his Deputy Chief of Staff Mike Stokey, Hastert liaison with the House Clerk's Office Ted Vandermeer made, and former House Clerk Jeff Trandall have all been implicated in the House Page scandal, along with the entire House GOP leadership and current and past Republican members of the House Page board. Then there's the odd case of former Mark Foley and Tom Reynolds Chief of Staff Kirk Fordham, who came to Washington in his 20s and managed to nail the job of Chief of Staff to Foley, a position that's usually held by an older and more experienced Hill veteran. Before working for Foley, Fordham served as Deputy Chief of Staff to Oklahoma Republican Senator James Inhofe, who proudly claims that he never had any homosexuals in his family until when, question mark. Fordham testified about an incident that occurred in either 2002 or 3 when a drunken Foley attempted to enter the Page dorm. The question remains as whether Fordham was a witness of that incident, and if so, what was he doing at the Page dorm with Foley? Maybe he was going to give him a helping hand. Sure, he had the camcorder. Fordham said they informed top GOP aides of Foley's behavior with Pages three years ago, but there's a big difference between making an official report and merely discussing Foley's conduct with peers over drinks. If there was an official complaint, there's certainly no record of it in the GOP-controlled House. And this is what concerns senior Democrats. The House Republican leadership has continually covered up sexual misconduct by its members and their staff. And this goes on pretty interesting crap in here for next, uh, which I'll read. Okay. Okay. And Josh is working feverishly to get some of this crap on our website, so Rodrigo and others will be pacified. Especially His when we get I don't know how that. I don't know if we're gonna. I'm gonna be able, be able to, to do this that. Up. I beg your pardon. I don't know that I'm going to be able to put this up. Why not? Uh, email it to Eric. I don't know. It's just. Uh, it's a mess. I'm sure Eric. Well, what does that mean? Down. Well, meaning you have to diagram out a story, and this is a, a big cluster. You know what? So I, I don't know. A cluster what? Fork. Cluster. Cluster phobia. That's it. No. Oh. Hey, listen, do the best you can, that's all. Nobody's going to uh, come in there and bust your chops because of it. I guarantee you Chris Jones sure ain't going to come in there. He is just, just what I thought, a real yahoo from uh, the Carolinas, man. Nothing could be finer than send it back to Carolina. In the morning. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. 27 after 10 at 560 WQM. That's our anti-sports time. we got Mad Dog at the AAA Arena at 2. The Power Hour with Hank and the Mad Dog at the AAA Arena at 4 to 5. Humper from the AAA Arena at 5 to 7. Now, what's that got to do with the Panthers? we got the Panther preview with seven Panthers and the Sharks at 7.30 and Eddie K after the hockey game. Sharks are pretty good, by the way. Might want to go out there and watch the game because they've got a lot of empty seats. Hey, Dollar Mattress is celebrating a birthday. It's their 30th. About 30, man. And to celebrate, Dollar Mattress and Simmons are offering the lowest price of the year on the best-selling Simmons Beautyrest pillow top. You can choose from South Florida's biggest selection of Simmons Beautyrest, and they give you same-day delivery, too, like always. If you're finally ready for a good night's sleep, call Dial-A-Mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS and get yourself factory direct prices, award-winning service, no nonsense, no off-brands, no rip-offs, no schlepping around town. Dial-A-Mattress has 12-month financing. With Dial-A-Mattress, you pick the date and time you want that delivery, and they show up. Seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. when it's convenient for you and your ass, you pick the two-hour window, like 11 to 1, noon to 2, etc., and they show up. Even the same day that you call, if you like. If you call them right now, you can be sleeping in serious comfort as soon as tonight or doing whatever you want to do on that mattress. That's why Dollar Mattress is ranked number one in the world in customer satisfaction and why just about everybody here at QM use Dollar Mattress. On the web, check them out at dollarmattress.com or just pick up the phone and make that one easy call, 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Leave off the last S because it stands for spokesman and stupendous sensational savings. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560 QAM. 
ass. That's a gay club, you moron. Go ask him. Gay, not straight, not only the hobo. Oh! Ah! Another fat Republican, more or less queer, oh. neocon had to resign, yeah. Back to this uh, Wayne Madsen thing. It goes on forever. He says, nevertheless, it's apparent that Kirk Fordham became a potential problem for Foley. Fordham left Foley's office in 2004 and became the finance director for Florida GOP Senator Mel Martinez's Senate campaign. How do you like that? Oh, my God. He then secured a job with DCI Group, a lobbying and NPR group that's closely connected to the Bush administration and is counted among its major clients, Microsoft, AT&T, R.J. Reynolds, and the military junta of Burma which is also close to Denny Hastert, as previously reported by WMR, the Wayne Madsen Report. October 4, 2005, Fordham was hired by Reynolds Chief of Staff at a salary of $38,837 per quarter, not an insignificant salary of over 155000 a year. On top of that, Democratic House sources report that Reynolds placed Fordham on the payroll of his political action committee, TomPAC. I wonder if that's kind of TomCat. Sounds like Which it. was flush with money from Foley's dubious campaign coffers in Florida. Democratic sources all... I wonder if that's kind of TomCat. Sounds like Which it. was flush with money from Foley's dubious campaign coffers in Florida. Democratic sources also report that the FBI was brought into the case by the GOP leadership to silence everybody about the case, and silence and cover-up is the order of the day. Foley quit and was quickly sent to the Sierra Tucson Rehabilitation Center in Arizona, which specializes in addictions and personality disorders. It also has previously treated the likes of Whitney Houston, Ringo Starr, and Rob Lowe. Hey, Rob! You, you fairy! In typical Rovian fashion, Foley's pederast conduct was blamed on a pedophile Catholic priest far away in the Maltese island of Gozo. Diversionary tactics. Fordham, according to his Richmond, Virginia-based attorney, is away on vacation at his, after his ordeal. Everything and everyone are being tidied up neatly by the GOP, except for the damage inflicted on the House pages. A senior Democrat member of the House summed up the scandal as a homoerotic network that extends from the House pages to the White House involving everybody's orifice. The congressman pointed out that the centers of the network are Republican National Committee Chairman Ken Millman, gay, 
and his one-time White House boss, Karl Rove. As far as Rove is concerned, the House member stated that he's been hiding behind two beards, wives that covered for his homosexuality for years. Isn't that what you were always saying? Yes, I was. Just look at him. Well, how do you like that? What do you mean, just look at him? What the hell is that? Just look kind of at him, the pudgy-faced pudwhacker. We can also report that well-informed House sources now report that another... By the way, you got this up there, Josh, or not? Speaking of guys who fell out of uh, favor with their boyfriends, I mean with their roommate. Uh, no, but Eric's working on it. Eric is dealing with it. Eric will handle it, he's believe gonna, me. If anybody can handle it, it's Fat Eric. He's going to unravel it and re-ravel it. So how do you like that? Carl Rove hiding uh-huh. behind two beards. Told we you. Can also re- I'm telling you, there's some interesting crap in here if you listen, which I doubt. Huh? We can also report that well-informed House sources now report that another Republican member who will soon be caught up in Foley-like problems is GOP Representative David Dreyer of California. Using his powerful position as Rules Committee Chairman, Dreyer has repeatedly, uh, reportedly helped provide cover to Hastert and his staff for the GOP Pederist Network on Capitol Hill. Hmm. This election is about permitting the GOP Pederist Network to continue to run Washington with impunity. We've already seen the GOP pouring money into the Minnesota 6th Congressional District in support of far-right Michelle Bachman against Patty Wetterling, whose 11-year-old son Jacob was cap- uh, kidnapped 17 years ago by a masked gunman. The same link of predatory creatures now lurk with impunity in the Republican Party leadership at all levels, local, state, and federal. The GOP and their North American Man-Boy Love Association, NAMLA, and affiliated, <laughs> and affiliated supporters do not want to see Ms. Wetterling using a U.S. House of Representatives bully pulpit to ruin their cryptic and secretive lifestyles. That's why they're doing everything to ensure that Bachman wins this particular seat. Ms. Wetterling is the pederast's worst nightmare. There has never been a real champion for missing and abused children in Congress, especially someone who has personally experienced the personal and family trauma brought about by these lowest forms of humanity. The GOP had pederast Mark Foley as their co-chairman of the House Caucus on Missing and Exploited Children. If he was their best choice, just think who and what were the GOP runner-ups. Now, we get to some more interesting crap. People who knew Dick Cheney in Wyoming before he served in the Nixon administration say he always had an unusual penchant for hanging around young girls, some as young as seven years old. Cheney reportedly walked around in his Wyoming home in his underwear, sometimes when his two young daughter's friends were visiting. Cheney continues to think of himself as a rock star around young girls. In 1969, Cheney left Wyoming for Washington, where he worked for the Cost of Living Council at the Office of Economic Opportunity and the White House staff. Cheney served as a congressman from Wyoming from 1979 to 89. This was during a time when two major paid scandals, both involving Republican members of Congress, rocked Capitol Hill. They were the Koreagate scandal and the Page prostitutes visiting the White House in the late 80s. In 1981, Lynn Cheney wrote Sisters, an Old West novel containing lesbian themes. Dick Cheney's close friend and former chief of staff, Scooter Libby, penned a novel called The Apprentice. The following is an excerpt from Libby's book, which features its main character, Yukiko, drawing hair on the mound of a little girl. At age 10, the madman put the child in a cage with a bear trained to couple with the young girls so the girls would be frigid not fall in love with their patrons. They fed her through the bars and aroused the bear with a stick when it seemed to lose interest. When this editor was growing up, says Wayne Madsen, there were certain houses we were told not to visit for trick-or-treating on Halloween. If the Cheneys lived in our neighborhood, their house would have been at the top of the no-go list. <laughs> All you kids out there, don't go to Dick Cheney's house tonight. Or Mark Foley or Kirk Fordham or Carl Rove or there's a whole bunch more. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. I tell you, this is good stuff or what? That's great. And then we get to the Charlie Chris stuff coming up. Excellent. After the break. So there you go, Rodrigo. He inspired me because, I, you know, I, I really couldn't have find this. I looked and looked uh, the day before on uh, uh, whatever the day before was, Sunday, Friday, whatever the hell it was. Couldn't find it. 
And as Josh will testify, it's some uh, you know it's hard to follow this stuff because it's like a it's like a daily uh, series of entries on his uh, thing on his web report. I can't even see titles anymore. I just see text. Just scroll through those puppies. Eric will take care of it. Okay. I mean, you're out of your you're out of your league a little bit now. We understand. You know, you do a fine job, but you're a little bit out of your league. Plus the tremendous stress and strain of uh, moving last night when with your new roommate. I mean, your old roommate. How old is how old is this roommate? About I'm not even going to guess. Okay. Well, are you going to answer the question? I mean, you don't have to. It's not he's, nobody's uh, I believe he's 28. 28. Oh, Tom Brady's 29. Oh. <laughs> maybe he needs a roommate. Hey, listen, any guy 28 who has a male roommate, I'm telling you right now. 19 to 11 is our 560 QAM sports time. Baby, I heard some real heavy-duty stuff. I heard Eric Reed talking through his sheet this morning on our morning sports show. Experience the difference at Mercedes-Benz of Pompano because at Mercedes-Benz of Pompano, it doesn't matter what time of month you purchase a vehicle, they always give you an unbeatable, spectacular deal. Whether it's one of the brand new 2007 Mercedes-Benz luxury sedans, the 2007 GL class, the first Mercedes-Benz full-size SUV, or their large selection of certified pre-owned cars, you can't beat them with a stick, even a stick that they were putting in there to prod the bear with. When you choose Mercedes-Benz of Pompano, you've got over 200 employees dedicated to providing incomparable service, offering express lube, courtesy vehicles, and complimentary car washes, too. Make an appointment through their business development center. You can even earn dealer miles, just like frequent flyer miles, on your uh, air thing. Browse Mercedes-Benz of Pompano's indoor expo with over 150 new and pre-owned vehicles, or check them on the Wicked Web at BenzPompano.com, B-E-N-Z, BenzPompano.com. Experience the difference. Call them at 1-800-NEW-BENZ, N-E-W-B-E-N-Z. That's 1-800-NEW-BENZ. You'll find them at I-95 and Copens Road. Mercedes-Benz of Pompano, a Mercedes-Benz dealer like no other. The biggest names, the best talents. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, Q-A-M. And hold it. The problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. You just slip out the back jack, make new plans, and you don't need to be coy, Roy. Just listen to me. Hop on the bus, just, you don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, Lee, and get yourself free. 1046, 14 till uh, 11. Now, where did this fax come from, this uh, Christina Hogg, a Hogg thing from the Herald? It came from the fax machine. Wow. Somebody wants to rub it in. This isn't the Herald, but thanks so much for passing it along. We had a little bit about this yesterday, but why the hell not rub it in real deep, okay? But first... Yes? That convoluted, weird story is up. Eric uh, handled it, and it's there. What did I tell you about Fat Eric? Is he the best or what? Huh? No. He is the best. It's up already? See, and Josh was like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Where do I stick it? Yeah. We'll tell you where to stick it. Let's see. There's that uh, hog-faced Nancy Grace, Fran. And there's Al Gore, and there's Stephen Colbert. There it is. Wayne Madsen, GOP homoerotic about the number one story. Cheney fancies himself as a rock star around young girls. Christmas, sweet 16 friend. Let me click on that and see what pops up. Look at that. And he's got it laid out there just the way you would do it if you had the ability to do it. Josh, but aren't you impressed? Are you looking at it? I'm about to be. Nice going there, Eric. You are phenomenal, man. This guy is a computer wizard. Just goes to show you all those late night trips to the Parliament House haven't affected his mind yet at all. Yet. But before we get back to that, it's on our website now. Take a look at it. Rodrigo. 
Christina Hogue writes in the Herald today, Power 96 struggles with ratings and revenue. All right. Oh, that's bad. That's not good. That's bad. But now that we got Joe Bell in charge over there down the hall, won't you think things will really turn around real fast? Sure. Mm. Look how fast he was on the uptake on QAM turning things around. Christina Hogue writes, Beasley Broadcast I'll get back to that other thing. Don't panic. Beasley Broadcast Group, a parent company of Power 96, is making personnel and programming changes at Power 96 in an effort to boost ratings and advertising. We want some money. In fact, if you don't start advertising on Power 96, we're going to start writing some sliders, baby. They're going to take the telephone book over to the yellow pages and just start writing up contracts for people that never heard of us before. Company Chief Financial Officer Caroline Beasley <laughs> told analysts in a conference call yesterday that overall third quarter sales at Power 96 dropped 10%, while local spot market sales dipped 14%. The South Florida market overall was up 1%. So they're out of sync, man. They're moving in one direction, while the marketplace is moving uh, you know, steady or up a little bit. Meanwhile, Power 96 slipped from the second place to third in the summer ratings book for its target audience, 18 to 34-year-olds. So what's the big stimulus with that, second or third? Especially with the crap they're playing, that game, uh, reggae, what is it? Reggaeton. Reggaeton music. Mm-hmm. Company President and Chief Operating Officer Bruce Beasley said that Power Sales staff was expected to change strategy in anticipation of the ratings slide. This did not happen at an acceptable level, he said. <laughs> oh, no. Poor baby. Let's buy some lunches and send them over to Naples to the Beasleys and uh, uh, Joyce. I'll tell you what to put in Joyce's, by the way. Something this company has brought in new operations director, is recruiting a new general sales manager. He said, first we're going to fine-tune the music to drive the ratings. Wow. New operations director. Isn't that uh, Joe Bell? No, I, I think the GM. I don't know what he is. I, I know what he is. There's this new guy in some office over there. Wow. We got a new guy in an orifice. Power 96's soft performance was cited as a key reason for Beasley's dip in revenue and profit for the third quarter. They cited the $2 million cost for the rights to the Marlins for QM Sports Radio 560. We had that in the story yesterday. Boring. Mm-hmm. The Naples-based chain, of twin. in other words, we're losing our ass on the Marlins. But it's a game. It's a sports thing, so we like it, you know. Although Joe Bell hates it. He's trying to get rid of it. Get rid of it, Joe. Get that monkey off our back. Beasley posted while we did that. For the year to date, the company said net income is down 22%, while revenue has declined 3.6% to $90.3 million. Let's take up the poor babies. Let's go out and take up a collection. Bruce Beasley said that management changes at WQM made earlier this year are starting to yield results. Oh, aren't they ever? While Power96's website, which accounts for 5% of the station's ad revenue, is being used as a model for the other stations. Power96's website. Accounts for 5% of the station's ad revenue. How do you like that? How much ad revenue we got on that QM website that you're in charge of, Josh? A lot, actually. It, if you look at it, it's like a big commercial. Is it? Yeah. Good going. Like I said, that bonus is coming any day now. Now, can I get back to my main way in the minute? It's on our website Please. because, Eric, damn good thing we put him in charge. Josh generally gets the job done, but when he's up against, uh, up against it, when he's reached the end of his capabilities, then we have to call in Fat Eric. And Eric puts down his... Uh, Four sandwiches, his breakfast sandwiches, probably cross sandwiches, bacon and cheese from uh, Burger King. He puts down his sack, and he gets on it. Maybe he's got some potato cakes in there, too, you think? Mm, potato well, that's cakes. the Arby's, isn't it? They, they do have potato cakes, yeah. Potato cakes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they got those fabulous uh, Jamocha shakes, too. Yeah, I get the shakes just thinking about that. Don't get me started with food again today. Yeah, please. You see how you did that? You're going to blame me. Where the hell did that come from? You. Not me. That's the last thing I'm thinking about is food. Do you believe it? No. You know what the first thing I'm thinking about is, don't yep. you? Yeah. You're right. Food. Well, okay, getting on to Wayne Madsen's report here. Uh, let's see. Charlie, Chris, and his Sweet 16 friend. Wayne Madsen reports colleague, intrepid Florida investigative journalist John Kaler of InsiderMagazine.com, 
is uncovered evidence that GOP gubernatorial candidate Charlie Crist maintained a gay relationship with a 16-year-old male 10 years ago. Crist, born on July 24, 1956, is 50 years old. His one-time partner, born in 1979, is now 26. Chris, who as Florida Attorney General, was able to hide his personal details under the Patriot-inspired shield laws designed to protect law enforcement officers, allegedly lived with his young partner at condominium at One Beach Drive in St. Petersburg. And you'll notice on the story, if it shows up in whatever Eric put on there, there are the photos of the U.S. individual income tax returns, the 1040s, from 2005 and 2002, with two different addresses. After Chris allegedly ended the relationship with the younger man, he decided to seek higher office. Chris decided to claim as his legal residence the one-time shared address with his partner, One Beach Drive in St. Petersburg, on his federal income tax return. However, when he lived with his partner, Chris, in order to avoid detection, claimed the address of his parents, Three Brightwater Circle in St. Petersburg, as his legal residence. And there's a picture of that, 1040. Wayne Madsen Report has also learned that a number of gay Republican kingpins in Florida media have, on behalf of Chris's campaign, interceded with editors and publishers to prevent any news coverage or investigation of Chris's alternative lifestyle. In fact, many of Florida's leading newspapers have endorsed Chris. How do you like that, huh? That's in the Wayne Madsen Report. And again, I'm just, I'm just passing it along what he's writing. I don't and, uh, know if it's true or not. huh? I'm just telling you what he's mm-hmm. uh, putting in there. Right? Right. Uh, do you believe any of that propaganda? I sure, I believe it all. Yeah, me too. Knowing what a bunch of hypocrites we're dealing with. Like Miss Fudge, for example, with that silly hat. That silly hat and that chrome dome. You silly queen, man. You silly sellout. There's one thing I cannot stand is people who sell out. Although, you know, it would be interesting to find out what the price is. Yeah. What are, most, what are you most addicted to? By the way, David Brock outed you years ago, Miss Fudge, so don't be giving me no song and a dance. You're, uh, and not to mention Lynn Samuels, your good close girlfriend, your fag hat girlfriend. I can't figure that old bag out at all, can you? No, no, thank you. Bag rhymes with fag hat. 1,056 votes. And look at that. It's 1054 on the clock, and it's 1056 on the pool. You see the tremendous wow. the yin and the, yin and the yang? The yin and like the out? Cosmic coincidence. Wow. So who do you like better, Tom Brady or Brady Quinn? Oh, you're supposed to be asking me that. I'll take them both together. I'll have a, like a Brady sandwich or just a Brady bunch. All for me. <laughs> what are you most addicted to? Sex, 198C. You think it's just me talking pervert like uh, crap like that. <laughs> Sex, 198. Neil Rogers Show, 140. Sugar, 135. Pro, uh, porno, 123. TV, 82. And boy, if we ever had porno on TV, I mean, free TV. Although most of what they put on is pretty pornographic. Like there's that John McCain with that big cheek. Phony baloney. Never met a war he didn't like. Pot, 69. Refined carbs, 68. Booze, 55. I hate this pull. 44 down to 4.1%. They're getting into it now. They're getting into it and onto it. The Internet, 34. Caffeine, 24. Gambling, 21. Sports, 15. Oh, how very sorry. But that's only 1.4% of our vast audience who are obsessed with sports. Sleeping pills, 15, heroin, 14, cocaine, 13, and meth, 6. I think for a lot of these uh, those sports nerds, I think sports is a substitute for sex. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't want to mention any names, but, yeah. you know, some people who are professional sports nerds can't get any. And so this whole sports obsession is a substitute for having a sex life, you know, or getting any. 1056 at 560 WQM. We got Mad Dog and the Humper, 2 to uh, 7. Then we got the Panther preview at 7 o'clock. Panthers host the San Jose Sharks at the Macarena at 7.30. That must be why the uh, Mad Dog and the Humper are doing a AAA. It must be a heat thing. Maybe that's why Eric Reed was on there polluting our uh, morning show this morning. Nice going, Clarence. No matter who the morning hosts are, you still inflict the same old stuff on him over and over and over again. We can take that point nine from September and turn it into a what's the point for October, you know what? By the way, Halloween tonight, be nice to those kids. Don't give them any crap. Give them some good right. stuff. Chocolate. That's right. Give them some good chocolate, man. Give them some M&M enemas. 
You know, an auto accident is a really traumatic experience. Do I have to tell you that? No. Of course not. Shock, stress, grief, source. It's something nobody wants to happen. But when it does, you need help answering all the questions that will race through your mind. What do I do now? Do I need medical treatment? Do I need an attorney? Am I entitled to compensation? So many questions, and where do you go for real answers? You need to be sure you get the uh, right number the first time you need help to get the right answers. Call one triple eight crash 61 It's a free call. It'll answer your questions. There's no obligation. one triple eight crash 61 because you need answers, not another accident. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can call them at one eight eight eight. Crash 61. It's your auto accident hotline. one crash 61 Toll-free, no obligation. Get all your questions answered about your auto accident by making that one toll-free call. one crash 61 That's 1-888. That's what I did yesterday because of George. 888-CRASH-61. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560. 2 a.m. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Hillary Clinton says she's a good senator, but what you don't know is she's ugly. In 2001, Hillary entered a Washington, D.C. ugly contest and was turned away because they told her, sorry, no professionals. In 2003, a congressional investigation labeled Hillary as a nine iron. She's good from about 130 yards away. Can we really afford to elect a senator who's U-G-L-Y and has no alibi? On November 7th, pull a bag over your head and pull the lever for John Spencer. I'm John Spencer, and I'm pretty. Oh, yeah, pretty grotesque. Who's he kidding? Remember all the wrinkles on his puss yesterday? Oh, crater nasty. Wow. It's 11.01 at 560. That's our uh, sports intensive time. How about those Patriots? Oh. Tom Brady picked apart that Minnesota secondary last night like, oh. like uh, an adult playing against a bunch of children. And they kept showing him on the sideline every time he took his helmet off. They were like obsessed. Whoever the cameraman was, all I can say to you is, you wow, obsessed with Tom Brady just because he's a pretty guy, you know. And see, a lot of people don't understand that. Just because he's got a pretty face don't mean he ain't no great athlete. That's why I'm really sick and tired of hearing about Sandy Payton Manning all the time. Well, he's undoubtedly the greatest quarterback in a game. Yeah, screw him. Okay, he's an idiot. Who do you think's better, Josh? Uh, Tom Brady or uh, Sandy Payton Manning? Payton Manning. Idiot. Thank God we got Eric to get that story on there. By the way, if you want to uh, see the, um, the graphics on there, the um, photos, you know what I'm talking about, the... Uh, Photocopies of the 1040s. Well, it's not that important unless you don't believe that they're there. But you can go and click, uh, go back and click where it says link to the original article. Well, he's uh, he's posting that stuff right now. Posting what? He's going to be putting up the pictures of that of the the, uh, the tax return. Oh, there. In fact, he's ahead of you. They're already on there. Like I said, you don't even have to go back to that link. That might stink if you go to the link. There they are, right there. The 1040 from 2006, five, whatever it is, in 2002. Boy, this Eric man. I to to this moment, I always knew he was good. He is a magician. He's a uh, maniac. An investigation has revealed that two dozen federal judges contributed thousands of dollars to Republicans who helped place them on the bench, Salon is reporting today. A four-month investigation of Bush-appointed judges by the Center for Investigative Reporting, writes Will Evans, reveals that six appellate court judges and 18 district court judges contributed a total of more than 44 grand to politicians who were influential in getting them their appointments. Huh. I might just might, probably a coincidence, wouldn't you think? Of course. Don't be so uh, skeptical and don't be so cynical, you old fag. Some contributed money directly to the president after being officially nominated by him, the article reports. Other judges contributed to Republican campaign committees while they were under consideration for a judgeship. 
Evans lists several Republicans who received money from judges en route to the bench, among them Senator Arlen Specter, Governor George Pataki, and Senators Rick Santorum and Mike DeWine, both of whom are going down next week, by the way, and uh, they will. They're going down. The article says there are no laws or regulations prohibiting political contributions by a candidate for a federal judgeship, but political giving by judicial candidates has been a rarely scrutinized activity within the process that determines who will receive lifelong jobs on the federal bench. Some ethics experts and Bush-appointed judges say that political giving is inappropriate for those seeking judicial orifice. It can appear unethical, they say, and could jeopardize the public's confidence in the impartiality of the nation's courts. Uh-huh. The president selects most federal judges with significant input from U.S. senators of the same party. In Ohio, that process is totally controlled by party politics, says Tom Hagel, professor of University of Dayton Law School of Law and part-time trial judge. If you don't have the blessing of the county and state party chairs, you can stop right there, he said. His brother is Republican Senator Chuck Hagel of Nebraska. Believe me, he says, they've got to get approval all the way up the line. In other words, they're all a bunch of crooks. How many years have I been telling you that? They're a bunch of crooks, Hunter. Pile of garbage, man, just like Doug Thompson says. Where's Doug Thompson's editorial, by the way? Got it in my pile. Yeah, Where don't is lose it? that. I don't want to lose that. That would be really sad and bad. KFC cuts trans fats. You know why they're cutting the trans fats, don't you? Because they're taking a lot of heavy-duty crap. I don't know what I did with that Doug Thompson thing. Can you believe that? Because that's just very much unlike me. And you know how uh, much I value his uh, input and mm -hmm. output. Huh? God, where the hell is that? Well, I'll, I'll, during the break, I'll, re, I'll, re, uh, I'll print it out. Once again, well, I can't believe Eric's got the whole, he's got the whole nine yards on there for you. So how do you like that, Rodrigo, or whoever the hell you are with your phony name? Rodrigo, my ass. Who do you trust to handle Iraq? Here's the new poll. Republicans, 33%. Democrats, 45%. Unsure, 11%. How about ragheads? Why didn't they put that on there? Okay. They're not doing too good of a job. There's Carl Levin with those uh, bifocals on down to the tip of his big nose. God, it's a good thing he's Jewish, you know, and he's got that schnoz. Because if he had like a tiny nose, the Bible, he'd look even sillier than he already does. He's a good guy. He's just got a funny pair of glasses. A nationally known law enforcement official, Sun, reports today's New York Post. How come this story isn't in the Herald of the Sun Sentinel, I wonder? Who pleaded guilty nearly a year ago to try to buy 400 pounds of pot from an undercover agent is still free, while his co-defendant languishes in federal prison, the New York Post has learned. Sean Timoney, 26, pleaded guilty December 21st of last year to conspiring to possess with intent to distribute marijuana, 400 pounds of pot. Even George don't go through that in a, an hour. No. Since then, his sentencing date has been postponed twice, allowing him to work and undergo drug counseling, the attorney said. The fact that his father, John Timoney, is currently the police chief in Miami, was the chief of the Philadelphia police and was one second in command of the NYPD, has raised questions as to whether his son is getting preferential treatment. Uh -huh. And I just can't believe that. Can you? <laughs> no, that would never happen in America. No. I think when someone has pleaded guilty and he hasn't been incarcerated nearly a year after the fact, you can draw your own conclusions from that, said a source close to the case. Does this mean he's getting special treatment because of his dad is? I don't know. The younger Timothy was busted November 1st of last year along with J. Sao, Siu, S-E-U, 23. I wonder if he's kin to Junior Seau. After they handed over a duffel bag stuffed with nearly 450 grand cash to an undercover DEA agent and a Rockland County motel room was down payment for the 400 pounds of pot. But the whole episode was a sting captured on tape, and Timothy and uh, Sue were arrested as they left the motel. Maybe that's a boy named Sue. Timothy was released after his father and mother, Noreen, put up their Miami condo as collateral for his $100,000 bond. Sue of Glenside, Pennsylvania, was also released on a hundred grand bond. Since pleading guilty, Timothy has been allowed to remain free, restricted to the states of New York and Pennsylvania, while awaiting sentencing. I'm sure as hell hope they... That's what they'll do. Send his ass to Buffalo, to Cheektowaga, to Dunkirk, or to Pew. 
Sue, on the other hand, pleaded guilty February 20th, was incarcerated immediately, said his lawyer, Lee Ginsburg, who I'm sure must be related to Arnie Woo Ginsburg. Sue was sentenced in August for, uh, to 27 months in prison. However, Timothy's lawyer, Ed Haynes, said it's not uncommon to being free so long. He had no record. He went into a drug treatment program, went to the work in the construction trades. What we said to the probation department is give him a chance to turn his life around. They agreed to be flexible. He wasn't the organizer or the mastermind of a drug ring, just the driver. He was just a driver. U.S. No. Attorney Richard Hartunian agreed. There's no holdup. It may have been adjourned once or twice. This happens in the federal court from time to time. It's all just another bloody coincidence, all you skeptics out there. All you lunatics always looking to pick on people. I better find that Doug Thompson thing on CapitalHillBlue.com. Okay. I could print it out faster than two shakes of a lamb tail because I have a real slow uh, snow connection. Uh, GOP sleaze, racism, bigotry, and homophobia. That's the uh, title of Doug Thompson's rant. And I'm clicking print, and I just clicked that baby, and a light flashed in the back there on the wall. The, the bulb flashes, you know, because they're both plugged into the same outlet. Don't you think that's kind of neat? It is. Although in the Sun Sentinel, when you print a story out, the bulb flashes, and it takes like about an hour later the story may print out. Or not. All depending. You hear that machine? Can you hear it printing? No? No. Here it comes. Now, what's going to happen when this machine burns out? I guess I better get another one of these. Yeah, Doug Thompson writes on the Capitol Hill Blue Rant, with the parties back against the wall, the Republican sleaze machine went into high gear the, this past week. Appealing to the inherent racism, bigotry, and homophobia that lie within GOP ex extremists, hoping that fear and ignorance will turn the tide in an election they can't win in truth or on the issues. The Republican National Committee paid for a TV ad in the Tennessee Senate race, hoping that racial overtones can derail the Democratic candidate Harold Ford by suggesting he chases white women and parties with Playboy centerfolds. Even the executives of Walmart, hardly a bastion of liberalism, found the Tennessee ad so despicable that it severed its relationship with media producer Terry Nelson, who created the ad for the GOP. We believe this is the right course of action, Walmart spokesman Dave Tovar said. But in the bowels of the Republican National Committee headquarters in Washington, the sleaze machines and sleaze merchants rubbed their hands in glee and patted each other on the back. We made race an issue in Tennessee, bragged one GOP political operative. That always plays in our favor. Yes, it does. The Republican Party is so overrun with racist, bigots, and homophobes that appealing to such stupidity always plays in their favor. That's why President Bush, the bigot-in-chief, turned away from the taxes and terrorism issues he's trumpeted in the past several weeks and unleashed a homophobic tirade against gay marriage while campaigning among southern rednecks. All right. For decades, activist judges have tried to redefine America by court order, Bush said yesterday, while campaigning in the backwoods of Georgia. Just this last week in New Jersey, another activist court issued a ruling that raises doubts about the institution of marriage. We believe marriage is a union between a man and a woman and should be defended. But Bush's remarks are just the tip of the GOP's homophobia. In Indiana, rabid right-wing Republican incumbent John Hostetler is running a 60-second radio ad that claims Democrats in San Francisco Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi will pursue a homosexual agenda if they win control of the House in next week's elections. Pelosi will then put in motion her radical plan to advance the homosexual agenda led by Barney Frank, reprimanded by the House after paying for sex with a man who ran a gay brothel out of Congressman Frank's home, says the ad. Go ahead, vote for Brad Ellsworth. Make Nancy Pelosi's day. This is typical Republican gay bashing. A few years ago, Republicans tried to win control of the Vermont legislature with a campaign that said Democrats favored programs that urged elementary school children to experiment with gay and lesbian sex. Equally appalling is the Republican hypocrisy on gay issues. It is, after all, one of their own. Congressman Mark Foley of Florida, who's caught up in the scandal for pursuing young male pages. The Republican leadership of Congress ignored Foley's antics for years because they consider it more important to hold on to his seat. They're holding on to his seat. Rectum. Such antics provide more justification for why the party of the elephant must be driven from the halls of power in Congress. Homophobia, racism, and bigotry have no place in our society. Unfortunately, these outdated fears driven by ignorance and stupidity still exist. 
and they'll continue to exist as long as the Republican Party draws its strength from fear and intolerance. Aren't you glad I printed that out again? Very much. It's your buddy Doug Thompson who's whipped up into a frenzy until they come and take his ass away, which I'm afraid may happen one of these days. Well, he might be well hidden. I sure hope so. Up there in the hills and the hills. He's in the hills. Maybe he's hanging out in George's place up there. Maybe. So if anybody wants to raid a joint, it's George's uh, hangout up there in the Carolinas. Good luck finding it. In fact, why don't you send Chris Jones back up there, too, while you're at it? Did he ever come in? Did he ever uh, pop his head in the door and say, what's going on? What uh, can I no. do for you guys? No. Jerk. 1,102 votes on our poll, by the way. We got 11 out of 11. Isn't that exciting? Mm-hmm. Oh, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg is uh, hot on the campaign trail with Jew Lieberman. That also must be just a coincidence, huh? The fact that the Republican mayor of New York is out there campaigning with uh, alleged former Democrat and now independent candidate. And guess who the New York Times endorsed in that race, by the way? I give up. Ned Lamont. All right. Don't forget, it's not only Halloween, it's the last day of October, which means it's probably, although I don't know because nobody will give me any information. That's just the way it is with Chris Jones at the helm and with Brian Schmutz. Why did you tell me you wanted Brian Schmutz to come back? He is such an absolute retard. It's Lou Backroad Chevy's race to 1,000 for the first time in their history. They got the biggest selection of new and used cars, including those hot new Corvettes, which is the ultimate, not just sports car, the ultimate vehicle of any kind. Take it from me. They got your trucks, SUVs, minivans, huge uh, selection. They've also got used cars starting at just 3995 everyone backed by a Carfax guarantee. And Lou Backroad, with their goal of selling 1,000 cars this month, is staying open until midnight every no- month and, uh, every night during the month of October to get that thousand number, whatever it is. Forget about price. Make them an offer. They'll beat any deal. More money for your trade. Zero percent financing. Rebates of up to six grand. Whatever it takes to get your ass in the car at an unbeatable deal. Only at Lou Backroad Chevy, two locations for you. They're in Pompano Beach, a quarter mile west of I-95, and Coconut Creek on 441, just south of the Sawgrass. Don't forget, they're staying open until midnight tonight. So get your ass over to Lou Backroad for an unbeatable deal on the new Chevy of your dreams. Or check them on the web at Lou Backroad, B-A-C-H-R-O-D-T, Lou Backroad. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. Stick it and stick it. Hey, boys and girls, it's me, Terrell Owens. It's time for T.O.'s Fair Tales. Here's one of my favorites. Little Jack Horner sat in a corner. Wide open all day long, single coverage, and Drew Bledsoe can't even get the ball to him. I'm open, man, I'm open! Wait, that's not how Little Jack Horner goes. Well, that's because they T.O.'s fair tale. Here's another one. Simple Simon met a pieman who couldn't cover the taller, stronger, more athletic Terrell Owens. Nobody could cover me, not even Champ Bailey. Who's Champ Bailey? Damn right. Who do you think he is? Who's Champ Bailey? Who do you think he is? Tio, you're scaring me. Check this one out. Little Miss Muppet sat on the tuffet, bored off her ass because Bill Parcells wants to run the ball all game. Folks don't come to the stadium to see that. They want to see T.O. run the post pad into the end zone and score a touchdown. Shut up. Here's a short one. Bye-bye, black sheep. I want to be traded. Number 81 is out of here. I don't need y'all. I don't want y'all. I'm out. That guy's a head case. No kidding. It's 11:19. Even little kids can figure that out. Oh, you know who the Patriots got to play in November, the first game and the last game of the month, Josh? Who'd that be? Colts next week, and then the last game of the month, they got to play the Bears. It's not getting any easier. They'll kick their ass, or, or not. How about those Patriots, huh? Oh! Wow. So, I uh, hear the Humper on here talking about uh, bringing back Butch Divas, Butch Divas, which is really kind of embarrassing. And the poor old Larry Coker, man. You see what happens when they lose a couple of games there? Five and three to Hurricanes. That's unacceptable in South Florida. Because right. the whole fan base, 90% of it's phony, is an $80 bill anyway. And so if they lose a game or two, oh, who wants to go see a bunch of crap like that? Unless a brawl breaks out when they're playing a little girl's school like FIU. 
Well, it's all a bunch of garbage, if you ask me, you know All that hurricane garbage. Now, Notre Dame, when they're playing, that's another story. I mean, I always loved Notre Dame. Yeah. Now, what's the, uh, what's the, the, the uh, Patriots uh, backup quarterback's name, the kid from USC? What is his name? USC. Isn't he from USC? I don't think so. Where is he from? Uh... I don't know. I'm going to have to. I thought they Look had it up. A... Do a little work there. I mean, Eric did all the heavy lifting on that other thing there for you. This is a really easy assignment. Because he came in the last uh, series there because they wanted Brady to get injured, injure his pinky or something like that. He don't look too bad either. I think whoever is uh, drafting out there, whoever is doing the recruiting for the uh, Patriots has got a fine eye. Now, wouldn't you think the Dolphins, if they get finished last in it, which they could, they got some stiff competition in there like Arizona and uh, Frisco and whatever. But if they get the number one draft pick, wouldn't you think Brady Quinn would be logical? They need a quarterback very badly, huh? What do you think? I don't think Brady Quinn's going to be very good in the league. Sorry to disappoint you. You know, no wonder your former roommate kicked your ass out. That's what the real story must be. You've turned really sour last. I don't know what happened. Do we know, know what happened with him or what's going on, George? No. Why would I know? Uh, something going on there. Brady Quinn's not going to be a very good quarterback? I don't think he is. How do you know that? Based on what? He looks pretty good to me. Well, the New York Times has endorsed Democratic candidate Ned Lamont for U.S. Senate from Connecticut. No one expects legislators to dictate military tactics, says the editorial, printed in the Times Sunday edition. But what we need from the next crop of elected officials in Washington is a willingness to face reality, to choose from among difficult options, and have the courage to be honest with the public about the consequences. On those points, Mr. Lamont is by far the better candidate, the Times writes, acknowledging also that Lamont, while running a far less polished campaign, impresses with his intelligence and growing sophistication about the issues. The Times especially knocks Jew Lieberman's stance on the Iraq war, saying that he not only had continually defended the administration's Iraq policy, but also attacked Democrats who criticized the president. He had more cause for soul-searching than most, yet failed to show a capacity for growth and change. They said he was farbissen. Instead of reevaluating his own positions, Mr. Lieberman blamed his constituents for failing to notice that he'd offered some negative comments about the conduct of the war, too, mainly when he was running for the Democratic nomination for president in 2004. He didn't protest when Dick Cheney said that people who voted for Mr. Lamont were giving comfort to al-Qaeda types. His only reflection seemed devoted to reexamination of the rules for getting back on a ballot. Since his primary defeat, Mr. Lieberman has run a well-packaged campaign built around his self-assigned bipartisan image. It's not about politics, say his ads, but it is very much about politics. From the flood of special interest campaign donations that's been running Mr. Lieberman's way to the old Karl Rove lesson that political winners never admit to error. We're living in perilous times, says the Times. Being able to work with the opposition party, Mr. Lieberman's claim to fame, is hardly a sign of moral courage when the opposition party controls the White House, Senate, and the House. President Bush did not need Mr. Lieberman's persistent support on Iraq when he had the deference of his own party's members in Congress. What the country needed and what Connecticut had the right to expect was for Mr. Lieberman to risk some of his bipartisan clout to call attention to the way Iraq was spiraling out of control. We hate you, Lieberman. The fatal problem with Mr. Lieberman's candidacy is not that he was wrong about the invasion, but that he hasn't shown any capacity to grow and change. Suggesting that getting rid of Donald Rumsfeld might be a good idea is hardly a breakthrough at a time when the Secretary of Defense's supporters are pretty much limited to the president and members of Rumsfeld's family. Times really ripped you, Lieberman, in ass. How do you like that? You think it's going to get good. the job done? No. Oh, he's going to win. Damn it. That's the sad part. He's going to win. 1,123 votes on that poll. And the, uh, the number one is sex. They're addicted to sex. They can't get enough. They can't stop. Can't stop thinking about it. Morning, noon, and night. All these comments about Tom Brady and Brady Quinn and uh, all these fags in the Republican Party. It's all uh, like a sex fest. It's like a big orgy, man. By the way, you're right. Matt Cassell from Southern Cal. I, I've never heard of him. 
I know my Patriots man. His name is Castle. Matt Castle, not Cassell. Yeah, whatever. That's Howard Cassell you're thinking of. There you go. Matt Castle. He played the last series. He's a good-looking kid. In fact, he played one of the uh, play, he played the exhibition games. Uh, Brady never played the exhibition games, and he played pretty good. Matt Castle. See, that's one thing you have to groom a young quarterback for for your future. Which how many years was I screaming about that? The Dolphins never did that after the Danny days. They never groomed a young quarterback to replace him. They had a bunch of stiffs, including the oft injured Dottie's Culpepper's, and of course Joey uh, uh, Heatherton or whatever the hell her name is. My God, Joey Harrington. Woo. Now, who the hell do they play this coming week? Oh, the Bears. Wow. I still say 63 to nothing sounds like a logical score in that game, don't you? I'll give them three. Give them all 63 to three for Chicago in that game. Federal authorities yesterday formally charged former Palm Beach County. And, of course, if they start out one and what's that going to be, one and seven? Yeah. Or one and six. One and seven? Yeah, one and seven. Oh, what's going to happen then? Is anybody going to show up? No. No. There are people going to be they're going to be heaving their tickets. The season ticket holders are going to be heaving their tickets into the trash can. They're going to be having a bonfire instead of a tailgate party. They're going to be having bonfires. People burning their season tickets and all their dolphin paraphernalia. You know how they turn? They turn real fast in that town. Federal authorities yesterday formally charged former Palm Beach County Commission Chairman Tony Mazzolotti with conspiracy to commit fraud by making millions from three secret land deals. The U.S. Attorney's Office in West Palm Beach said it would seek to fine Masolati $250,000, put him in prison for a maximum of five years, and request the forfeiture of millions of dollars in assets. In a 35-page list of charges, the U.S. Attorney cited Masolati's land deals in Martin County, Brevard County, and Palm Beach County. How do you like that? In one Palm Beach County deal, Masolati is accused of receiving between forty and fifty grand for his assistance in helping develop... Uh, a developer solved traffic problems concerning land that ICs of Palm Beach County was selling in the town of Royal Palm Beach. In another deal, Mazzalotti and his family members allegedly got hundred grand in free air travel from a developer who did business with the county and purchasing a former public horse riding area near Wellington. The property was bought by a group headed by developer Bruce Rendina, who was only identified by his initials in the charges. In a Brevard County deal, Mazzalotti allegedly created a trust called the ARM Family Land Trust. In the deal, Mazzalotti bought some 60 acres of land for 100 grand, and then while on the commission, voted to advocate and publicly endorse zoning changes, dramatically increasing the value of land, the charges said. Mazzalotti then had a part in swapping land for land in Brevard County, worth nearly $8 million, the charges said. Wouldn't you like to buy 60 acres for 100 grand and then uh, swap them for a land that was worth $8 million? Gee, okay. Sounds like a clever guy to me. In the Martin County deal, he and his ex-wife Susan made $1.3 million in a complicated set of secret land deals that involved land purchases there by the South Florida Water Management District. Last Friday, Massalotti announced he planned to plead guilty to federal corruption charges, admitting for the first time to wrongdoing and expressing regret and sorrow. Mazzalotti, 50 pledged to cooperate with the FBI, the IRS, the U.S. Attorney's Office, which had been investigating for six months his potential abuse of power in the secret land deal in Martin County, which enriched him and his ex-wife but was hidden through a secret trust. Eventually, I will plead guilty, Mazzalotti be saying good, and I hope they fry your ass. The biggest names of the best This is Real Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM.
Will all these stupid-ass pages stop coming out of my fax machine, please? No, but Mark Foley's up. Irish's Brady Quinn goes Beckham for GQ. This is on the AOL Sports website. I can't believe this. I think the whole world is turning gay. What's this all about? Even I'm embarrassed by this. It says, following in the footsteps of famous footballers, Brian Cushing, David Beckham, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. How do you like that? Notre Dame quarterback Brady Quinn is hoping he can leverage his good looks and popularity among the gays in order to gain mainstream approval and appeal and maybe a Heisman Trophy. What does the popularity among the gays have to do with winning the Heisman Trophy, Josh? Uh, that would be a question for you. As I, I don't know that there are any people voting on it. As there's been notes of Quinn's interview and photo spread in Interview Magazine. Interview was conducted by former out editor-in-chief Brendan Lemon, best known for being the guy who claimed to be dating a famous closeted baseball player, and photographed by Bruce Weber, the photographer best known for his Brewers Twins pictures, and we're not talking about Midwestern baseball teams. It says, we imagine that Papa Razzi is not, is not amused. Papa Razzi. Oh, I never heard that one before, did you? Nope. Wow. The Nazi Pope, Papa Razzi. That's cute. Anyway, I don't know what that's all about. It's just like this obsession with, yeah. you know. 1,146 votes on the pool. We want to have a right around noon, uh, 12 by noon, 2 by 4. Harvey Wasserman and Bob Petrakis, remember those guys? They wrote uh, What Happened in Ohio. They've been writing all these, doing all this research on fixed elections. Mm-hmm. Well, a shocking new GOP court victory and Karl Rove's attack on Ohio 2006 doomed the Democrats' nationwide question mark. With a major GOP federal court victory, the Ohio 2006 election has descended into the calculated chaos that has become the trademark of Karl Rove's election thefts and that could help keep the Congress in Republican hands nationwide. Through a complex series of legal maneuvers, and now a shocking new decision from the 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, the GOP has thrown Ohio's entire process of voting and vote counting into serious disarray. The mess is perfectly designed to suppress voter turnout, make election monitoring and recount impossible, and allow the Republican Party to merge with a victory, despite overwhelming evidence the electorate wants exactly the opposite. The disaster in Ohio began immediately after the theft of the presidential election in Ohio in 2004. Though the majority of Ohioans are registered Democrats, the gerrymandered state legislature is overwhelmingly Republican. Soon after John Kerry conceded, it passed House Bill 3, a draconian assault on voter registration drives, voting rights, and the ability to secure reliable recounts of federal-level elections. In brief, H-Bill 3, HB 3, stacked a virtually impossible set of requirements onto the voter registration process. As elsewhere nationwide, voting has traditionally involved citizens coming to the polls and signing a poll book. Upon a signature check from a poll worker, a ballot has been given. A similar process has been in effect for absentee ballots. There's no recent evidence this method has incurred significant voter fraud. But GOP's HB 3 has imposed a series of draconian requirements for voter ID, including the demand for certain documents very difficult to obtain by many poor, homeless, elderly, or other largely Democratic demographic groups, as in like black. To further complicate matters, Secretary of State J. Kenneth Blackwell, who is now in charge of the same election in which he is the GOP nominee for governor, has added some additional entirely arbitrary disqualifying factors of his own. Blackwell was the state co-chair of the Bush-Cheney campaign in the 2004 election, which he also ran while making key decisions that gave Bush-Cheney a second term in the White House. 
On all absentee ballots, HB3 demands an identifying driver's license number or the equivalent, but Ohio driver's licenses have two codes on them. The correct one's got two letters and six numbers. The wrong one is an 11-number bureaucratic code that appears above the ID photo. According to preliminary reports, as many as 10% of those sending an absentee ballot so far have included the wrong code, thus disqualifying their vote. The process is so confusing that one Republican federal judge in a court proceeding has volunteered the fact that he actually put the same wrong number on an application for a rental car, temporarily nullifying his contract. In Columbus, Board of Elections Director Matt Damschroeder estimates that 5,000 ballots will already be disqualified in Franklin County alone. So far, the wave of absentee ballots pouring into the county boards of elections indicates an extraordinary percentage of Ohioans will vote absentee this year. Many are likely hoping to avoid distrusted electronic voting machines, as well as the long racially biased lines that tainted the 2004 election. In response to reports of large numbers of absentee disqualifications, a federal lawsuit has been filed by a Cleveland Homeless Advocacy Group and the Service Employees International Union. The suit was then deemed to be a related action to the landmark King-Lincoln civil rights filing that resulted in a September ruling preserving the ballots from Ohio 2004 and was sent to Judge Algernon Marbley, who made that decision. Last week, Judge Marbley threw out the HB3 driver's license requirement for the absentee ballots. On Wednesday, November 1, he'll hold a hearing that's tomorrow, a hearing on whether to avoid all the HB3 requirements that are poised to disqualify tens of thousands of likely Democratic voters on Election Day. Blackwell himself did not appeal Marbley's ruling. He's trailing by as much as 30 points in some Ohio polls. He has been seriously hurt by the widespread belief that he stole the 2004 presidential election and is reluctant to be openly identified with yet another mass disenfranchisement of Ohio voters. And it goes on. It's just, uh, it's, it's America. It's what it's become. It's just the games with the machines and uh, just all kinds of chicanery and crap. That's what it is. And you wonder why so many people don't give a crap? No. Nope. just sitting there fantasizing about sex right now and about the stuff and about getting laid and about mm. doing some heavy-duty drugs so they can, like, turn off from all of this crap mm. and all the dead people in Iraq and all the dead bodies and all that crap with Israel with the cluster bombs and the phosphorus and all that garbage and maybe those mini nukes. Maybe we could have a new cereal for the kids, mini nukes. How's that mm, sound? Nutritious. Nu yeah, nutritious. they're nutritious. They're a killer, man. 11.56 on the poll. For those who are keeping track, you following all of this? No. What? Anyway, Eric got up that story for Rodrigo and anybody else. It's the lead story. It's the number one news story on our website, on neilrogers.com, which sure as hell ain't making uh, any uh, whole lot of money for Eric like that Power 96 website. Thank God for that website, that new revenue stream. Otherwise, the Beasley's probably be out on the, they'd be out the Salvation Army right now. They'd be at the Camilla's house, wouldn't you think? Oh, I imagine. But now that we got Joe Bell and Chris Jones in there to lead the way, man, we are on our way. I can't tell you we're on, we're on the way, too, but... The biggest names of the best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Don't miss the all-new Family Feud, hosted by Master Thespian John O'Hurley. Greetings, one and all, to another contentious competition brought with ribaldry and frivolity, colloquially known as The Feud. You know him as Seinfeld's haughty Jay Peterman. Now, he's bringing his supercilious answers to America's favorite game show. My valiant competitors, 100 individuals have been meticulously queried, and the six most prevalent responses on the board, buzzers at the ready. Name something you'd put in your pickup truck. Ernestine. Uh, 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 dirt. Show me terra firma. Number one answer, a capital rejoinder. Well done, man. Well done, indeed. Family Feud. Two average families and one pretentious host. Denizens of TV land, I'm John O'Hurley, and I cordially request the honor of your presence for the spirited cerebral Danny Brooke that is Family Feud. Fanny well and Godspeed. 
Okay, it's 11.45 at QM. Here's a fact that says, I thought you might like this based on your funning with unusual first names in the past. From Peter King of Sports Illustrated. It says, the Rams have no one on their roster named John, Tom, Michael, Dan, Robert, or David. They do have players named Ashimogo, Ashlamogo, Jeremetrius, Rayanal, Pisa, Fokker, and Laroy. What was that second to last one there? F-A-K-H-I-R. Fakir. Oh. Oops. Oh, whatever. There's what word did you say? Yeah. I said the guy's got a strange name. Catherine Harris, who's trying to become a U.S. senator, speaking of people who fix elections, says she's writing a tell-all about the many people who have wronged her. Oh, poor baby. I think she is certifiable. Put her in a rubber room, that bitch. This includes, but is not necessarily limited to, the Republican leaders who didn't want her to run, the press that has covered her troubled campaign, and the many staffers who quit her employ whom she accuses of colluding with her opponent. This is from the Washington Post. She's vague about what precisely makes her a victim, but she says she is at all documented. I've been writing it all year, she says in that kittenish voice. She often smiles and cocks her head as if she's letting you in on a secret. It's going to be a great book. If it is, it may be one of the very few things that go well for the two-term Republican Congresswoman, once beloved by the Republican leadership for her role in sealing, I mean overseeing the 2000 recount that delivered the presidency to George Bush, Harris was snubbed by those old friends before the primary. Republican chieftains, considering her too polarizing to win a statewide race, tried to recruit others. And fat-ass Governor Jeb Bush said publicly she couldn't win. She couldn't win a fixed election, he said. Fundraising has been poor. She's come under scrutiny for her role in a bribery scandal. She's caught flack for a series of bizarre statements, including comment in August. If you're not electing Christians, then in essence you're going to legislate sin. Oh, how did we miss that one? If you're not electing Christians, then in essence you're going to legislate sin, y'all. The Democrat she is challenging, the lukewarm Senator Bill Nelson, was once considered highly vulnerable. Nowadays, according to recent polls, Harris is down by 26 or 35 points, approaching political rigor mortis. The only way Bill Nelson could lose this, said Daryl Paulson, a political scientist and Republican at the University of South Florida, is if he got himself in a drug-induced stupor and ran naked down the main street of his hometown. They can make the polls say whatever they want, Harris says. She says posters sometimes call her house and then hang up because we're not answering them the way they like. The way Harris sees it, a vast left and right wing conspiracy encompassing both the liberal media and the Republican elite is attempting to keep her ass out of the Senate. She says anyone could see the way the panel of questioners coddled Nelson at their debate last week. Her voice gets all high and mocking as she imitates them. Ooh, Senator Nelson, she says. I mean, come on. Perhaps the worst blow to Harris's campaign has been the stories that have emerged from former staffers. They describe a Jekyll and Hyde candidate who can be seductively charming at one moment and pitch a temper tantrum the next, throwing a cell phone at a wall or a sheaf of papers at a campaign manager or maybe putting her fist through the wall like Greg Reed. <coughs> former chief advisor Ed Rollins, who managed Reagan's re-election to the White House in 84, said working for Harris was like being in an insanity camp. He likened her staff to dogs that have been kicked. Before he became the first of three campaign managers to quit, Jim Dornan programmed his cell phone to play the theme song from The Exorcist whenever Harris called. <laughs> oh, no. That is absolutely unacceptable to me. In other words, hey, Catherine. Yeah. Like you always said. I wonder what Papa Razzi would think about those comments. That's a great line, Papa Razzi. Yeah, thinking about all them fags who are, like, drooling over Brady Quinn. Good Catholic boy, Notre Dame. Tom Brady's also Catholic, by the way. Do you know that, Josh? Oh, now I do. And he's also registered to vote, but never voted in his life, and registered as a uh, nonpartisan. They keep trying, trying to nail him down, you know, politically, like, whereas he a Democrat is because Bush invited him to the White House at one time after the Patriots won their three Super Bowls. And uh, he's smart enough. He ain't going to do it. Plus, I'm sure he's, he's got other things taking up his time, you know, like family and his hot blonde girlfriend, things like that. 
I'm going to tell you something. This Alexa's starting to really frost my ass. You know what? Good. Well, it's not good because then I can't uh, email Josh 8,000 stories by the end of the show. Well, when you break I'll down and let me uh, teach you how to do it like a normal person, uh, your life will be complete. But I'm not a normal person, so I would want to do that. I know that. It's called faking it. Well, oh, speaking of faking it, it's the easy one. On my birthday. But you know I still love him. Less than six hours after the accident, the Geico claim adjuster was at my house. Well, I put on some tangerine lip gloss and answered the door. Geico service turned out to be the best birthday present I could ever want. I was one lucky woman. <laughs> a lot of people don't get that spot. That is, if they haven't seen an airplane, they don't get it. Isn't that what you need to do to really get it? I imagine. President Bush's popularity hasn't been buoyed by a series of public events in recent days, according to a brand-new CNN poll. Yep, Bush's approval rating still hovers in the high 30s, where it's been throughout October. The poll conducted by Opinion Research Corp. found that 37% of Americans approve of how Bush is handling his job. And who those people are, man, I'd sure like to find them and uh, see what the hell is wrong with them. Those are the faith-based people. Reality means nothing to them. And 58% disapprove. The president's approval dropped slightly from the poll taken a week earlier, from 39 down to 37. But the change was within the poll sampling error, plus or minus, mas o menos, trace, three percentage points. Popular my ass. Just, just amazing to me. That same 30 to 35 or 37 percent mm-hmm. just never changes. And you're right. They're the far business. They're the getchkeys filled with hate. Ah, we hate you, all you blacks and women and homos and, and whatever. That's what it's all about. Good old-fashioned hate. Let's take a look at that poll and see how we're doing because I'm not really pushing it today. Am I? Not pushing it enough. 11.75. See, we're not even going to get to 12 at noon. That's bad. They're probably having a big uh, programming meeting about that. Oh, what are we going to do to goose back up those midday numbers now? How about if we get some good sports segments in there? Maybe we can get Ira Windbag on now that basketball's underway again. Is Ira still on the morning show, Josh? Do we know? Or I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is, yeah. Because this morning it was Eric Reed talking through his teeth about stuff. I heard a couple of minutes in there because George came in a little bit later than usual. Or maybe I came in here earlier than usual. A little of both, I think. It was not a not a pretty sight. 1,175 votes. Of course, when I come in here in my underwear, it's never a pretty sight, but that's beside the point. What are you most addicted to? Sex, 219. The Neil Rogers Show, 151. Sugar, 144. That's my vote. It's not even a contest. It is just overpowering, overwhelming. And when you've got a producer who keeps talking about ice cream and ice cream and donuts and crap. You're the one that brought it up. It was score. I had two score bars. Oh. I did not bring it up. I did not All bring right. it up. I'd like to show that. it up. I had two score ice cream bars. And then I had some other crap. All carb. In fact, you know what? That was after I had my low-carb pasta. Well, what's the point of having low-carb pasta and really? going out and getting score ice cream bars? It's called, called being an idiot. Mm-hmm. It's called having a death wish. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Chris Jones makes me want to have a death wish, not for myself, but for him. For a porno, 133 is right after sugar. 135. Sweet. TV 92, pot 85, refined carb 72, booze 67. I hate this poll, only 48, 3.8%. Now we're getting back to a realistic number. The internet 41, caffeine 32, gambling 24, sports 19. Wow. Cocaine 16, sleeping pills 15, heroin 15, and meth 7. Seven people say their life is a real meth. And we're always seeing these, uh, these exposés on the network news about well, meth is destroying communities all over America and all these people are addicted to meth and it's making a meth of their yeah, lives yeah. and their family. You're always seeing that. Yeah. Does anybody believe it? No. No. George is addicted to anything that'll, uh, you know, give him a buzz. Sure. Anything that'll distract me from my pain. Sniffing glue. Sure. Whatever. What do you got? Paint. Gas. Sterno. Got some sterno on you. Sniffing gas, man. Go to the gas station. Not, it's too expensive to gas up even now. 
But just standing there and sniffing the gas tank, you know? I pour some on my hands so I can smell my fingers. Oh, open. yeah. I smell it. You know something I hate that, when you get like that backsplash? Yes. From gas when you're filling up the Nasty. tank. And some people like the smell of gas. I beg your pardon? Some people like the smell of it. gasoline. I hate it. I'm one of them. You like the smell of gas? I love it. Well, here, let me... Let me see if I can conjure some up for you. <laughs> oh, no. What was that? Oh, no. Oh. Take a sniff. That you start in your power mower? Hassan Shaltout. Huh? That's the guy's name. If you do, you'll clean what it was, up. What was uh, names? Hassan Shaltout, former political advisor to Saddam Hussein's son, said today that before the U.S. invasion of Iraq in March of 2003, Saddam Hussein expressed his intent to yield to all American demands, but the Bush administration refused his offers, according to a press release on Yahoo News. What a Yahoo. Shaltut is a Canadian citizen who claims he was beaten repeatedly by U.S. officers while in, Iraqi, in an Iraqi detention camp under suspicion of once having been a right-hand man for Saddam Hussein. Saddam was willing to yield all American demands, announced and unannounced, to reach peaceful resolution, said Shaltut, but the Bush administration, including Elizabeth Cheney, Undersecretary of State, David Welch, U.S. Ambassador in Egypt, and Jean Kretz, his political attaché, did not respond to his offers. Shaltut claims that in March of 2003, just as he was to read the Iraqi government's official reply to the Bush ultimatum on Al Jazeera, the broadcast was interrupted and the plug was pulled on the transmission. He also maintains that later, when the Americans arrived in Baghdad, he offered his assistance to U.S. military officials, but instead was arrested by Marines who went to his hotel suite and took his documents. Left unmentioned in the press release are Shaltut's claims that he was tortured and abused during his imprisonment. In May of 2004, he told MSNBC's Chris Matthews, I was there to convince Saddam Hussein to step down, and I was in the last hours working on this peace agreement, Shaltut said, and I wanted him to keep the agreement that he agreed to step down only 15 minutes before uh, the, uh, next, uh, the end of the ultimatum. That's what I was doing there. Shaltut claimed that he was beaten and tortured while held in the Iraqi prison in order to extract a false confession that he was once Hussein's right-hand man. They wanted me to confess because they found the speech I was going to say and said that I'm, not the, I'm the speechwriter of Saddam Hussein, which I was not, and they want me to confess I'm his right-hand man. The ACLU has a PDF link which contains Shaltut's written claim to the U.S. Department of the Army. According to his website, Rights and Freedom International, Shaltut is currently running for president of Egypt. So, in other words, Saddam was willing to do just about anything to offend off the crap, but uh, they already no, no, shut no. up their mind long before 9-11, long before the stolen election of 2000. This was part of the game plan, or is it the game plan? That's what it's all about. See, the public thinks that the media is, uh, you know, feeding them what really is going on. Media is feeding <laughs> you a pile of crap, okay? The media is feeding you strictly a pile of... In fact, you can smell it. Oh, yeah. Grotesque. The media is feeding you a gigantic egg fart. That's what they're feeding you. Oh, speaking of eggs, I better uh, I better go out and get some bacon. Good plan. In fact, I might just make some some of my. Uh, you know that I don't think that egg beater is good for you. You know. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't know. Probably loaded with chemicals and crap and stuff and binds you up and sticks to the pan and sticks to the fork and the plate and just sticks to the walls, sticks to your uh, rectum innards, stuff. Mm, your ribs. Sticks to your ribs, man. You know I haven't had ribs in so damn long. Now is Tony Roma still around? Yep. Yeah. Who's the guy? Well, Bobby Rubino's the guy that died, right? I yes. reckon. Now, is Bobby Rubino still around? I don't think so. I don't know. There used to be a Tony Romans right by WNWS on Ludlam Road there by, and, uh, as they say, the Dixie Highway. Why do mm -hmm. they say the Dixie Highway, huh? I, I don't know. Because there's sounds only one me, of them? Sounds to me like kind of a redneck thing, you know? There's the one Dixie on Highway. Ludlam and US-1. Right. That's where WNWS used to be, just off the corner there. Well, then it's still right, across from the, right across the street from the uh, convenience store that they kept knocking off all the time after the Mariel Boatlift. That poor bastard, it's a miracle he was still alive. Maybe he's dead now. Maybe they came back and got him. 
You know the building I'm talking about? It's a small white, looks like a small house. I wonder Maybe. what that building is right now, you know? Didn't WS News, WS News moved across the street, didn't they? Like down 441 where the ticket is now? I'll drive down there right now and see. Yeah, go over there and see what the hell is going on. See if they're uh, sitting shivvy for the Dolphins over there across the street. Joel Feinberg and his rich dad. The biggest names, the best talent. Why, they're going to lose their ass. You think we lost money on the Marlins? Wow, what can you see if they lose on the fish? Hola, this is Jennifer Lopez. I have to take my hormones every day to keep the hair from growing back around my nipples. And that's when I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. Four five sixty WQM. We got Mad Dog and the Hump are going to be at the AAA Arena doing their shows. I guess that's got something to do with the heat and that crap, huh? Well, today would be when they get the rings and their opening game. Oh, isn't that exciting or what? You know, my computer's all screwed up now. Did you know that? Is it? Yeah. Poor Quan. I don't know. It had to do with Alexa. Alexa's evil. You know, I tried to tell you that. You won't listen to me. I know. I'm a hardhead. I'm going to restart. I'm going to reboot it over there, and then maybe I can uh, take a look at it. There's, uh, what's his name from Tristan and Isolde? There's uh, James Franco. Franco Nero. You haven't seen that yet, huh? There's Francisco Franco. No, as a matter of fact, uh, first thing before I left, or last thing before I left, is I tried to burn it again, trying to make another DVD of it. And didn't succeed. Well, there's a nice balanced discussion on there on MSNBC. They've got more Zuckerman than fascists from U.S. News and World Report and Pat Buchanan. That sounds like good balance to me. Iraqi Prime Minister Maliki is telling his inner circle that the situation in Iraq is nearly out of control, according to CBS News intelligence sources. Nearly out of control. Pentagon sources tell the network that General Casey will require 100,000 more Iraqi troops than the 325,000 who were trained to, uh, in order to secure the nation. The security situation, however, is worsened and Iraqi troops have proven to be less effective than their American counterparts. Additional American troops may be called up to help train the new Iraqi security forces, and the U.S. may also double the number of advisors in each Iraqi unit. As of this morning, the Pentagon is, well, we already told you, 103 U.S. casualties in the month of October, but we still got all the rest of the day going, although it's nighttime over there now, so we better hurry up, you know? Prime Minister Maliki has ordered that all checkpoints in Baghdad be lifted. Laura Logan of CBS News reports that in some American troops expect that violence will now increase and are left questioning why U.S. commanders would allow checkpoints to be removed now. 
The move is widely seen as a victory for Muqtada al-Sadr of Sadr City, who controls one of the largest militias in Iraq. The inspector general warns that Iraqis don't even have the capacity to fund or maintain their army. The Pentagon is being called on to provide better weapons and armored vehicles to Iraqi security forces. The Pentagon's inspector generals found that 14,000 small arms provided to the Iraqis are now missing. We told you about that yesterday. Did anybody care? No. You're paying for it. Your tax dollars, man, they're raping you. They're sticking their hand in your wallet and just uh, raping you. That's, what it's, that's what's going on. Now let's see if our website will come up here or not. Uh, rebooted this baby. Well, that Alexa thing is uh, its evil, and you want to know why? Because it's connected to... Internet Explorer. Not to mention right. that it's spyware in and of itself and should never have been used in the first place, but other than that... Yeah. Well, what do you mean it should never have been used in the first place? Are you trying to tell me how to run my deal over here now? Oh, no, I would never. Let, let me ask you something. Who, whose computer do you think works better, yours or mine? <laughs> in all fairness... Seeing as how I bought both of them. They're, they're both your computers, and you have a good connection up there and a bad connection here, and that doesn't mean... 517 votes on the poll. I'm right back up there, thanks to Mozilla Firefox. They can take Internet Explorer and shove it where the moon don't shine, okay? It's evil. It's part of the axis of evil. Internet Explorer and AOL. Mm-hmm. They're definitely both part of the axis of evil, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean... Absolutely. Albertville, Alabama. Albertville, Alabama. Police say a Marshall County teen raped his mother... To get revenge on his brother. Police say 19-year-old Gary Helms Jr. raped his 45-year-old mother this past weekend at Willow Terrace Trailer Park on Doyle Drive in Albertville. Oh, a trailer park. How unusual. I thought that's uh, par for the course. It's a twisted crime that police say Helms admits. From what we understand, the rape stemmed from an argument between him and his brother, and apparently they were arguing over a girlfriend. And the rape was some sort of retaliation toward his brother, said Sergeant Jamie Smith of the Albertville Police Department. It was unusual retaliation, an unsuspecting victim. Authorities say Helms' mother was apparently passed out drunk on the couch <laughs> when the rape started. Oh, how unusual in a trailer park in Alabama. See, you know, you keep wondering about that 30, and I do too, that 30%, 35%. Just stop and think about Redneck to... USA, man. I've been there. I've seen those people. I know you have too. During the attack, she did come to and recognize her attacker as her son. Smith said. That's when, according to the police report, the mother tried to get away, but he held her down until he was finished. It's totally sick is what it is, said Smith. Helms was arrested and charged with the first-degree rape of his own mother. Smith said it's hard to wrap your mind around. Shocked. Shocked would be a better way to describe it. He said that somebody would dip to the lows and do something of this nature. It's just pretty much a shock to the conscience of the general public, said Smith. Helms is being held in Marshall County Jail on a $100,000 bond. That's what goes on in the trailer parks, folks. That's why they, they use that term trailer trash, where they think incest is best. And can I take a peek at your breast? Guys, like uh, Sigourney Weaver said in that movie, nice trailer. Mm-hmm. Trash. 1,228 votes on the poll. Well, I think we got a shot at getting 13 by 1,300 and maybe 14 by 1,400. Speaking of sports and the tremendous popularity of same, a World Series to remember for the St. Louis. By the way, we ever get a fax from Dave the Cop? No, he ain't listening no more. No. Did Brian Schmutz ever, like, uh, no. get involved in that? Out no. of town, out of the country. Out of town what? Out of this out of world. Town, my on ass. vacation. Jesus, God Almighty, leaves us with this situation, and uh, he's on vacation at this station, at this make-believe station. If you people had any idea. You, you know, see, the, the audience, I'm sure most of them think, oh, that needle. You know, they always think that, that I'm such a kidder and I'm always just laying it on thick. These people haven't got a clue. It's a miracle that a lot of these folks run in this place and get out of bed uh, unassisted in the morning. In fact, I'm not so sure that they do. You know what I mean? What do you mean? They're full of crap. But you know something? Ask me if I care. Do you care? No. no. 
A World Series to remember for the Cardinals was one to forget when it came to TV ratings. The Cardinals' five-game victory over the Tigers averaged a record low 10.1 television rating and a 17 share, Fox said Sunday. Who the hell would watch a pile of crap like that? It was bad. It was lame. This year's rating dropped 9% from the previous bottom and 11.1 for a four-game sweep by the White Sox over the Astros last year. In other words, the number keeps going down year after year after year. Less and less interest. What made the low rating more remarkable was that this year's series went five games. It wasn't a sweep. St. Louis's 4-2 win in Friday night's finale got a 10.3 and 18 share in figures compiled by Nielsen, just above the record low for Game 5, a 10.17 share for the Giants' 16-4 route of the Anaheim Angels in 2002. Games 1, 3, and 4 were also record lows for their games, and Game 2 was above the low of 11.1 set last year. How do you like that? I hope they lose their ass, Fox Sports, and Fox just in general, and Rupert Murdoch, and all those Farbison and Goyim. How do you like that? And even Josh admitted yesterday, being a sports nerd that he is, he watched a total maybe of nine innings. I watched a total of maybe nine pitches. How do you like that? George watched a total of none. What? And when George stops watching the World Series, then you know they got real tourists. One, two, three, four. Look at that. Hmm? See that in our poll? Oh, look at that. Isn't that that song by Len Berry? One, two, three, four. Meth is on the bottom, by the way. Oh, damn it. They got that new yogurt with meth on the bottom. Just stir it up a little bit. Mmm. You know Duncan Hunter? No. He's running for president. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that momentarily once we uh, finish with uh, whatever else is going on here. Seriously, is, is Chris, uh, whatever his name is, is Jones in the building, or is he just Jones in the uh, stay away and avoid all this? Well, I haven't seen him today. Is he there? You told me they were having to hold another big meeting today. Probably somebody, all the money. Somebody told me that's what was going on. Oh, they're ha- having another big meet? Look at that. Joe Scarborough, Mort Zuckerman, and Pat Buchanan. There's a fair and balanced pal- panel if I ever saw one on MSNBC. Harriet Myers. Oh, my God. It's just amazing to me. The swill. You're going to get the truth from the networks, man, from your TV set. Like hell you are. Take that thing and toss it out the window. Schmidt Cannon. Knock that screen out with a battle axe. It is a Halloween. It's October 31. It's the last day of the month, so I'm assuming that Lou Backroat's uh, Chevy's Race to a Thousand is ending tonight at midnight. They're staying open till midnight like they've been all month because they want for the first time in their history to reach a 1,000 cars sold in one month. They're really doing it. And the reason they're doing it is because their service, their salespeople, and selection of vehicles are unbeatable, and, of course, their prices beyond belief, especially right now during this special time. They've got the biggest selection of new and used cars, including the hot new Corvettes, trucks, SUVs, and minivans. They've also got used cars starting at just $39.95, each and every one backed by a Carfax guarantee. Blue Back Road's out to get to 1,000 cars and sold this month by midnight tonight, and they're staying open till midnight to get to that deal. Forget the price. Make them an offer. They'll beat any deal you can bring in. More money for your trade, 0% financing. Rebates of up to six grand. whatever it takes to get it done for you. Only at Lou Backroad Chevrolet, two locations for you, in Pompano Beach, a quarter mile west of I-95, and a Coconut Creek on 441, just south of the Sawgrass. Be sure and tell them that Brian Schmutz sent you in when you go to Lou Backroad. And don't forget, they're staying open until midnight tonight. So go to Lou Backroad and get the best deal on a Chevy in the history of your life. Or check them on the web at Lou Backroad, B-A-C-H-R-O-D-T, LouBackroad.com. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, Q-A-M. David's a bitch. Oh, hello. It's a dear reader, Kim Jong-il. Some people are really upset I test a nuclear weapon. Last thing I want to do is upset anybody. So I'm a half of North Korea and many regions to everywhere. Let me say. I'm sorry. Sorry. So sorry. My bad. Please accept my apology. The 
country. I'm sorry. So we go, right? Yeah, you go. You go, boy. 1218 at 560 WQAM, Mad Dog from the AAA Arena. What is it? They're getting their championship rings? Yes, and it's the opening game. Opening game of the NBA season for the uh, Heat? The Heaters? Oh, who cares? I couldn't care less, man. If they, if they, and, of course, Red Auerbach just croaked yesterday, probably in uh, knowing, or maybe on Sunday he croaked, just knowing that the NBA was starting up again. Oh, not more of this crap. Poor old Red. How come that article did that? I read didn't say nothing about him opening up the door for blacks in the NBA. That was one of his great claims to fame. Yeah. Wasn't it? Maybe the guy who wrote it didn't know anything about him. Yeah, maybe the guy that wrote the article didn't know a damn thing. Just like when Tom Jicker wrote about Rick Casper that time, because Tom is basically lazy and stupid. Bob Burnett writes, Bush losing support of military. One of the most memorable Iraq war images was President Bush's May 1st, 2003 speech from the deck of the aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln. As Bush announced major combat operations in Iraq have ended, framed by the banner mission accomplished, he was surrounded by hundreds of cheering troops. At the time, it would have been hard to predict that three years later, major combat operations would not have ended, the mission would not be accomplished, and Bush would be losing the support of the military. How did George Bush manage to lose the backing of our armed forces, which at one time was highly supportive of his administration? Four factors contributed to this change. First, the occupation of Iraq was botched. Michael Gordon and Bernard Trainer's recent book, Cobra II, The Inside Story of the Invasion and Occupation of Iraq, argues the administration committed five grievous errors during the planning and execution of the invasion. They underestimated their opponent, failed to understand the welter of ethnic groups and tribes that is Iraq. They didn't bring the right tools to the fight and put too much confidence in technology. They failed to attempt to, uh, to alter, to adapt to developments on the ground. They did not recognize the rise of the insurgency. They presided over a system in which differing military and political perspectives were discouraged. And finally, they turned their backs on nation-building. Second, the Bush administration's failure to bring the right tools to the fight directly impacted rank-and-file troops, especially in the early days of the occupation. Most had inadequate equipment. A recent poll indicated that 42% of Iraq and Afghan veterans said their equipment was well below the military standard of being 90% operational. Third, the longer our troops stayed in Iraq, the more they became aware that most Iraqis didn't want them there. A recent poll indicated that 71% of Iraqis want occupation forces to leave within a year. Furthermore, 60% supported attacks on U.S.-led forces. And fourth, increasing numbers of retired Army and Marine generals began to express opposition to the war. It's a violation of the Uniform Code of Military Justice for an active duty officer to criticize the president or anyone on the chain of military command. The administration attempted to keep a lid on this discontent. As a result, there have been very few surveys that asked active duty troops how they felt about the war. The most recent poll indicated that 72% of active duty personnel believe the war should end in 2006. A more recent survey indicated that 53% didn't always know who the enemy was. Increasing numbers of soldiers have gone AWOL or asked for conscientious uh, objector status. In October, military personnel began adding their names to a web-based petition calling for withdrawal from Iraq. Active duty troops have begun to speak against the war. The most notable recent comment came from Kevin Tillman on October 19. He's the brother of former pro football star Pat Tillman, who was killed in Afghanistan April 22, 2004. Both brothers enlisted after 9-11 and initially served in Iraq. Then they were trained as Army Rangers and sent to Afghanistan. Kevin said, somehow American leadership, whose only credit is lying to its people and illegally invading a nation, has been allowed to steal the courage, virtue, and honor of its soldiers on the ground. One of the reasons the military has turned on the Bush administration is the increasing number of wounded troops. There have been more than 21,000 such casualties, in addition to the more than 2,800 deaths. The Bush administration prohibits pictures of coffins returning from Iraq. They've also told the Department of Veterans Affairs not to give out the names of the wounded. Democratic Congressman John Murtha noted that in addition to the soldiers' grievous physical injuries, 50,000 will suffer from what I call battle fatigue. 
In July 2004, the PBS NewsHour reported about a sixth of troops returning from Iraq showed symptoms of mental health problems, but many are not receiving treatment. A recent study indicated these injuries will cost the U.S. more than a trillion dollars. Of course, active duty troops are being required to spend multiple tours of duty in Iraq. This has increased their financial and psychological problems. Recently, Stars and Traps report, uh, Stripes reported the divorce rate for Iraqi veterans jumped from 9 to 15 percent, and alcohol abuse rose from 13 to 21 percent. Last year, decorated combat veteran John Murtha came out against the war in Iraq. One of his reasons was the damage the occupation is doing to the military. Murtha spoke movingly of his visits with returning veterans. He concluded, our military is suffering. If this, it is this suffering, the consequences of an ill-conceived and tragically mishandled war, that cost the Bush administration the support of our troops. What's on the fax machine, Mon? Birthday card. Oh, happy birthday, uh, Birthday fax, fax and, a, and, and a card. I, uh... From Gene Rogers. Remember old Gene Rogers is always a fax and chronic? No. Miami Dolphins hard. football practice was delayed nearly two hours today after a player reported finding an unknown white powdery substance on the practice field. It says, head coach Nick Saban immediately suspended practice and called police and federal investigators. After a complete analysis, FBI forensic experts determined that the white substance known to the player, unknown to the players was the goal line. Practice resumed after special agents decided the team was unlikely to encounter the substance again this season anytime soon. That's cute. Here's another birthday fact. You're as young as you feel. Happy birthday from Rita S. Wishing you a happy and healthy. Keep on doing what you've been doing. I love it all. I've been listening whenever for, uh, possible for 22 years. You are the one and only. Best regards to George. Aww. Also, happy anniversary with many, many more to come. That's from an actual card I uh, photocopied it so I could fax it to you. Well, isn't that nice? Thank you, Rita, and thank you, Gene. And thank you, Nick Saban, for providing lots of laughs, okay? All of them at your expense. And then, of course, the hump around there ripping poor old uh, Larry Coker, Larry Cokehead. Next thing you know, they'll be calling for Donna Shalili to get her ass tossed out of there. That old bitch. 1,250 votes on the poll. Oh, yeah, we got 1,300 licked by 1 o'clock, I do believe. Don't you think so? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm going to turn off MSNBC because they're getting on my nerves. You know, all week long, they keep showing the same charts and the Senate makeup. And I, we, we already know these things, okay? Oh, and look what's on CNN. The weapons program. Oh, my God. Like I said, where's the comedy channel? Who the hell wants to see? Who wants to see this crap? It's so depressing. Four or five minutes. The Colton shot is blocked. He gets it again. Got a turn up for Brad Larson. Larson trying to turn, and then it's Pekka taking it out. He has. Oh, Mike Pekka can't say that name on the air in this station. What a night it was for sports for some people last night, baby. Leafs for Atlanta too, and the Patriots just manhandled the Vikings, thirty-one to seven. I mean, it was a shellacking. Too bad Josh didn't see it. He was too busy moving with his new boyfriend. Well, actually, his old boyfriend that he used to live with before until they had a spat. I can't figure this whole thing out. You keep moving around, man. Although, I guess when I was your age, I was doing the same thing. Every year, man, i got to find another place to live. Why? Well, not after this time, because uh, the guy moving in with owns it. It's his condo. I'm just moving in. Oh, so in other words, you're moving in with him forever now? No. For life? You're tying the knot? Whatever you say, man. What happened to your former roommate? You left him in the lurch? You left him hanging? Well, he's going, he's going to Davy, and I'm... Uh... Staying where I'm at. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. I don't want to go to Davy. Not, not that there's anything wrong with Davy, you understand. I just don't want to go to Davy. Too much horsing around there. George, you want to live in Davy? Sure, why not? Yeah. I like horses and horsing around. Oh, there's that gambler, that lunatic Bill Bennett, that fat ass. He said I was tough to carry, but fair. I'll be fair and tough today. I think this ends John Kerry's quest for higher office. You cannot say of the soldiers in Iraq what he said, you know, that if you don't study... And if you're not smart, that's what he said by implication, that you end up in Iraq. You know, be all that you can be. 
The few, the proud, the select. The oh, this Bill Bennett man talking about, he's got some nerve to be talking about anybody. Phony baloney, okay? Lardass. 27 after uh, noon at 560 WQM, it's Dallamatra's 30th birthday. And to celebrate, Dallamatra's and Simmons are offering you the lowest price of the year on best-selling Simmons Beauty Rest Pillow Top. If, by the way, you do ever see a Chris Jones again, tell him that I'm just uh, frosted at the ass. And right. just leave me alone, you know? Just go away. At Dollar Mattress, you can choose from South Florida's biggest selection of Simmons Beauty Rest with same-day delivery waiting for you. If you're finally ready to get a great night's sleep for years to come, just make that one easy call. I've been doing it for a long time. They never let you down. Call Dollar Mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS and get factory direct prices and award-winning service with no nonsense, no BS, no off-brands that nobody ever heard of before. Dollar Mattress has 12-month financing for you, and when you do business with Dollar Mattress, they let you pick the date and time you want your new mattress delivered seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. You pick it to our window, even the same day that you call, and they show up on time. They take away the crappy old bedding, they set up the brand new one for you, and you've got a big smile on your puss, and you're in for years and years of great sleep. That's why Dollar Mattress is ranked number one in customer satisfaction, and why just about everybody at QM, including yours truly, use Dollar Mattress. On the web, check them out at dollarmattress.com. Actually, there's a mistake in this. I just noticed at mattress.com or call toll-free 1-800-MATTRESS, M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Leave off the last S because it stands for Sensational Savings and Stupid Sales Hole. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Force Radio 560, Q-A-M. Rogers. Absolutely. Neil, God. I know a congressman named Mark Foley. We're out of $3 bills on Republican phony. He goes trolling in the chat room. Looking for young page boys that are young and smooth. Push loyalist curves with a pockmarked face. He invites me up to his place. For Republican man page grab ass games. Well, I told my congressman, Paco Barone, remove your tongue, I gotta go home. He, he said the only other thing that I wanna do is stick my nose in the round mounds of your moon. Rectum. A pedophile, Republican Greek, but here's the spin, they'll get you to think, Mark Foley had too much to drink. Speaking of tongue in cheek, I'll tell you, you go on the internet, the kind, of, <laughs> the kind of stuff you find is just amazing. This is from a website called sportspickle.com, the sports humor and satire site. Oh, gee. Got it? Sports humor. Notre Dame quarterback Brady Quinn has been named Sexiest Man Alive by Gay Priest Monthly in this month's edition of the magazine, the leading publication for homosexual clergy. Gay Priest Monthly. It's the magazine's first sexiest man edition in what some might think could be the last issue in light of the Vatican's ruling last week, banning sexually active homos from entering the priesthood. 
Deep brown eyes, muscular arms, and a rippling torso, thick wavy hair, and the pinkest, most luscious lips in all of Christendom. Uh, oh, and boy, did we mention he's the young hotshot quarterback of God's favorite football team. Brady Quinn, our first ever sexiest man alive, would make even the most chaste priest bite his fist in lustful frustration, reads the introduction to the ten-page ten article and photo spread. Quinn was the runaway winner in the sexiest man voting among gay pre monthly editors, garnering 78% of the vote to actor-director Mel Gibson's 18%. Fighting Irish head coach Charlie Weiss received 2%. We thought Brady Quinn has everything our readership looks for in a man. He's young, he's strong, he's a leader, and he's a regular mass attendee, said the gay priest monthly editor, Father Michael McGee. But most of all, he's totally freaking hot. With some reports and studies putting the number of homosexuals in the priesthood as high as 60 to 75 percent in the U.S., Gay Priest Monthly has had a large and loyal readership over the years, but Pope Benedict XVI's recent moves to cut off the flow of practicing homos into seminaries, the magazine's days may be numbered. The sexiest issue had been in the works for a while because mainly I selfishly wanted to meet Brady Quinn, and let me say he's just as dreamy as I expected, but if this happens to be our final one, so be it, said Father McGee. At least we'll have gone out with a bang. Quinn said he was... Honored by the recognition, but a little bit uncomfortable. Well, sure, I guess it's kind of flattering to know all these priests find me sexy, he said, but I kind of wish I hadn't known. I already suspect as much when I go to Mass, and it takes all I can muster to put that out of my mind and focus on the true, re- true reason for being there. And, of course, one has to wonder, what is the true reason for being there? Hmm. Well, of course, any kid that goes to Notre Dame in the first place, you know, does that involve a little bit of uh, getchking, a little over the top? Yeah, a tad bit. Can carrying a little bit too far? How come he couldn't go to a nice university like, say, Temple? Okay, what's this fax here? I just wanted to inform you that Microsoft recently... Oh, Jesus, God. Recently released the latest version of Internet Explorer IE7. One of the improvements is that it's supposed to solve the problem of the margins being cut off when you try to print something. And here, George, yesterday, talked me out of uh, downloading it. I wouldn't download it or use it if you paid me a lot. How much? Well, I'll do it on somebody else's Doctor, computer. Man. I wouldn't install that on my computer. It is still not perfect, but it's it. supposed to be much improved. Just type IE7 into Google to download it. I was wondering why you haven't really talked about the proposed 1% sales increase to pay for mass transit in Broward. All these idiots know how to do is keep raping the public, and day they added the half cent a few years ago, and the money's completely disappeared. What they should do is allow more casinos to open and allow them to add more games, craps, roulette, baccarat, blackjack, poker, and use the money from that. Right. Hold your breath. Take a deep breath right now, okay, while you're uh, busy hallucinating. If you're going to add to the sales tax, shouldn't it automatically expire after they finish paying for their projects? Yeah, just like the turnpike tolls, right. Lastly, I wanted to let you know about the webcams on the Miami Herald website, which can be controlled by anyone. There's one on top of the Four Seasons in Brickell. One of the functions of the camera is just watch, which allows you to see what other people are zooming in on. The entire day, there are people zooming in on sunbathers by the pools of the Brickell hotels and condos. For, uh, so for all the women who are in the area, just remember this when you take off your top. There are people watching you, but uh, see, now he spoiled it for a lot of people. Right. What he meant to say is, just remember to please take off your top. Right. And leave it off. Take it off and leave it off. And rub lots of oil on there. Right. Slowly. Or like Howard Beale would say. Listen to me. Television is not the truth. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off right in the middle of the set. Turn it off and leave it off and take it off and leave it on the uh, ground. Anyway, Duncan Hunter, a friend I was going to tell you about him. Nobody knows who that is. Republican Representative Duncan Hunter, known in the military and uh, military's top echelon for his congressional role, but hardly a national name, said Monday he was taking the initial step in a 2008 presidential bid. Oh, my God. This is going to be a long road. It's a challenging road. There's going to be some rough and tumble, but I think it's the right thing to do for our country, Hunter, the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, said at a Waterfront News Conference in San Diego. 
The Declaration of Form an Exploratory Committee allows the 13-term California congressman to begin raising money and organize supporters in early Republican primary states such as Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. Hunter is a familiar face on Capitol Hill and at the Pentagon is chairman of the powerful panel that oversees military policy. Not so beyond Washington and San Diego, and his White House bid surprised many Republicans. He hadn't been on any list of potential 2008 candidates that included more familiar names such as John McCain and Rudy Giuliani and Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney. Analysts immediately characterized the quest as a long shot. Long, long shot. You never say never, but Congressman Hunter faces extremely long odds, given that practically no one apart from students of Congress know who he is, said Jack Pitney. Well, I wonder if he's kin to Gene Pitney. Government professor at Claremont McKenna College, he's a good member of Congress, a very effective chairman of armed services. It's just that he has no following within the party and certainly outside the party, okay? And you know what Leslie Gore said? It's her party, so say the hell out. I just up Pitney for crying out loud. No, you want Leslie Gore? No, I don't want Leslie Gore, okay? Although it's her party, and she'll give a good try if she wants to. Bad news, Dean's dead. See, the fact that I stepped on him a little bit, it doesn't make any difference because he's dead. There's Leslie. Well, I'd say this George is on top of it, anticipating our new Power 96 format. All reggaeton, all day. All reggaeton, all day. Mm. Chef Boyardee, too, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds good. Some Chef Boyardee with some sweet cheese melted do in. do it. Why? It's not that bad. It's better than ice cream. Why don't you take some of that low-carb pasta and melt some Swiss cheese on it? I do that. All right. I always do that. Instead of that canned mush. In fact, uh, that Asiago, shredded Asiago. Boy, yeah. there's nothing shredded like Asiago cheese. I sh- I, after I cook the pasta, I put it in my bowl, and then I like uh, put a whole bunch of Asiago cheese in there, and then I put the sauce over all of that with my sliced up wieners in it. Mm. And I thought that was going to like satisfy and pacify me, but that only uh, aroused. See, you know the best thing? If I don't eat it all. That's, that would be my perfect diet. Just stop eating. All right, just eat a vitamin. I do that. Good. 1289 on the pole. We're going to have 1300 by 1 o'clock. We're going to have 13 to 13. Man, we are kicking ass. Can't you smell it? Can't you feel it? And thanks to Eric, not to Josh. Josh is trying his best, but he's weak. We've got 147 people already have read. It's the fourth most read story, even though it wasn't even on there when we started this morning. Aren't you impressed, Josh? Yes, Eric's uh, faking his way through on that. Nice going, Eric. GOP homoerotic cabal. Cheney fancies himself as a rock star among young girls. And Charlie Crist and his sweet 16 friend. It's on there. It's the top story on NeilRogers.com. And already it's number four. And moving up, uh, it's going to, in fact, the top story, Charlie Crist has some questions to answer. See, it really isn't relevant that he's gay, except for the fact that he's a hypocrite. And another closet case, just like Miss Foley. And if he was living with a 16-year-old, uh, guess what? Doesn't that raise some more questions? Like? Like, what the hell was that all about? And how was it? 1242, 18 to 1 at QN. We got a lot of heavy duty sports the other 20 hours because we got big, big doings, man. We got the Heat, we got the Panthers and the Sharks. Sharks are very good, by the way. They'll probably kick Panther ass tonight. And then the Leafs are down there on Thursday, the Toronto Make Believes, who beat Atlanta 4 to 2 right here at the Air Canada Center last night. I'm sure George was watching that. Weren't you on top of it? Huh? I wonder if they're replaying the Patriots Minnesota game for Josh, who didn't see it. That means the Baltimore Ravens held the ball for 36 minutes to the Saints, 23 minutes in this ballgame. All things were going against the Saints. As you can see, Scott Spazita had his mitts on it, couldn't bring it down. Third quarter, well, breathe like from his own Don't do it! That looks really bad for the Ravens, the Craven Ravens. Looks really bad. Well, New Orleans wasn't going to go undefeated, were they? They're just not that good. Oh, there's Bob Greaseball. In your face, Brian. <laughs> How do you like that? In your puss. Nice timing. Yeah. That's your buddy, Bob Greasy. Hey, Bob, have another one. <laughs> you and uh, Brian. Yeah. 
Hey, listen, he's just got a little thing for booze, okay? He likes, he likes the sauce, you know what I'm saying? It's like me with my pasta. I love the sauce. Did we do the, uh, which break are we doing next? That one there. No, I'm serious. You don't have a spot. spot. It's okay. What are you talking about? Is that you? No, I have the log right here. I know I don't have a spot, but I'm just, we didn't do the 40 break. I just crossed it out already. We didn't do it, though, did we? No, we no. didn't. Because it's already 1244. The biggest names. That's the best talent. That's because you got me rambling, Sports Radio 560. QA. From the creators of The Apprentice. First, it was Brangelina. Then, Madonna. Now, I want in on this African baby action. Comes the father of all reality shows, The Adoption. I'm Donald Trump. I've let people into my company. Now, it's time to let someone into my family. The Adoption. 18 orphans from across Africa will compete, but only one will hear those magic words. Kimisei, you pull through the dysentery with flying colors. However, the flies crawling in and out of your mouth are disturbing. When it comes to the Trump family, appearance matters. Kimisei, this is a tough one. You're an orphan. Congratulations, Matumbe. You were adopted. Give your new daddy a hug. Ooh, somebody give this kid a bath. The adoption. Thursday nights after Survivor Darfur. 1249. We got 1,312 votes on the poll already, man. We are really kicking big, fat, smelly, pimply, ugly ass. Halloween. Don't be giving the kids anything bad, please. Don't be putting, like, a lot of um, X-lax and stuff in there pretending they're candy bars. Who does that? What do you mean, who does that? Chester the Molester? Right. Sicko McSicko? All of these, um... All of these things. Creatures. A nationwide campaign to remove artery-clogging trans fatty acids from the U.S. food chain received another significant boost yesterday after popular fast food franchise Kentucky Fried Chicken announced it's switching to non-trans cooking oil. They've been under a lot of pressure, baby. A lot of pressure. You noticed? Yeah, yeah. What? <clears throat> you don't go over there. They're right next door. Go there all the time. So what are you talking about? Leave those people alone. Like you're on some kind of a health kick or something? It's fried I never, I chicken. Never, I never darken their door, okay? Mmm, chicken. I love fried chicken. The move comes a year after food and beverage manufacturers battled to remove the fats from their products in time for new labeling regulations that required these featured on Nutrition Facts panels. These massive reformulation efforts have this year been followed by moves in the food service sector, starting with health-oriented food establishments pointing out to customers that their products are free from the oils. The trans fat fetish began to spread in more mainstream chains and moves by independent jurisdictions to require such labels in restaurants or to ban the use of trans fats altogether have also recently been seen in Chicago and New York. Before KFC, other restaurant chains to slash trans fats include Wendy's, Ruby Tuesday, Chili's, and Legal Seafood. Yesterday's announcement reveals that KFC will convert to low lineolenic soybean oil. How do you say it? Lineolenic. Which reduces... Oh, you are such a jerk. Which reduces the need for the trans fatty acid-producing hydrogenation process. The switch to be made in all 50 popular KFC restaurants expected to be complete by April of 2007. Indeed, the move by KFC comes after a lawsuit filed against it in June for use of undeclared trans fats... Those killer fat, uh, fats that are oil uh, clogging your arteries. The class action suit filed in Superior Court in the District of Columbia asked that the court prohibit KFC from using partially hydrogenated oil, or at least requires signs warning consumers that many of its foods are high in trans fats. How about just a big skull and crossbones? That should do it. Think that might send a message? Might. Filed by a retired physician together with Consumer Advocacy Group Center for Science and Public Interest, CSPI, and the Washington, D.C. law firm Heidemann, Noodleman, and Kellick. 
The suit aims to increase awareness following the if I had known, I wouldn't have eaten it line. The food service was first challenged in, um, on this issue in 2003 when McDonald's was sued for reneging on its promise to reduce the amount of trans fat in its oil. That actually resulted last year in a settlement of $8.5 million. I'll take it. CSPI Executive Director Michael Jacobson said McDonald's and Burger King should now follow KFC's lead. If KFC, which deep fries almost everything, can get the artificial trans fat out of its frying oil, anyone can. Colonel Sanders deserves a bucket full of praise, it says. The Consumer Advocacy Group today said it's formally withdrawn from the lawsuit against KFC, although the law firm is due to continue the suit alone. KFC's transition will impact the chain's most popular items, original recipe and extra crispy fried chicken, in addition to fried menu selections such as crispy strips, wings, boneless wings, buffalo and crispy snacker sandwiches, popcorn chicken, twisters, and potato wedges. Trans fatty acids, also known as trans fats, are formed when liquid, liquid vegetable oils are partially hydrogenated or hardened for use as spreads, such as margarine, cooking fats for deep frying, and shortening for baking. Foods high in trans or saturated fatty acids increase blood cholesterol levels, thereby increasing the risk of heart disease, man. Trans fats first came in the public eye in 2003 when a lawsuit filed against Kraft Foods for the trans fat content of its Oreo cookies resulted in the firm reformulating its trademark product. Kraft Foods, which you hates like poison. Yes, what do you hate worse, uh, Walmart or Kraft Foods? Walmart. What about people who buy their groceries and buy uh, Kraft Foods at Walmart? Oh, set them on fire. That'd be like a, like a double, uh, double demon. They're hastening their own demise. Yeah. Squid eating them trans fats, okay? They're bad for you. I noticed that uh, Hagen does banana nut. You know how many bananas it takes to uh, make one of them pints? About 30? Cinquanta banana. Oh, you did that to me before. I know. It's because I can't stop eating that damn banana nuts. The best, it's well, the best not. flavor going, baby. Forget about fish food. Forget about Ben and Jerry, even though I used to love them a lot. They, they, they've fallen off the wagon, as far as I'm concerned. They've, they've lost it. Well, it's they, got these... they sold the company, you know. Oh, that must be it. They cashed out. Oh. That would be a good idea. Like when you're at Woodbine, you know, cash out your losings. Mm-hmm. Let's see. i got about four credits left in this machine, man. Men could soon be able to use a male pill that has no side effects, scientists have revealed. A male contraceptive pill. Yeah, now they tell me. Yeah, too late. The chemical implant acts as a contraceptive but doesn't change the balance of a man's sex hormones. Scientists have discovered a substance that can temporarily block the development of sperm without altering testosterone levels and without causing unwanted side effects. They hope human trials of a new contraceptive for men based on their discovery could begin within a few years. Other versions of the male pill already are in development but work by altering hormone levels in a man's body. Yeah, they make you wake up with, like, a nice big head of hair, like ladies' hair and boobs, mm-hmm. stuff like that. In trials so far, these have produced no worrying side effects. However, scientists think men may still worry about whether introducing female hormones could harm their virility in some way, especially when their boobies start growing real big and saggy, like Joe Rose's. The new approach would therefore avoid this problem. The common perception is that few women would actually believe a man who said he was on the pill. Yeah, like we believe them. However, a study published, and, well, that's not always a good idea. I know. However, a study published in the British Medical Journal in 2000 found that only 2% of women said they would not trust their partner to take a male pill. Well, just shove it in there, okay? Shove it in some part of them. Shove it up there. Rectum. And then just hope when they stand up real fast, it don't fall out. Trust me, lady. The man is not trying to get you pregnant. No, he's praying that you don't. You don't want no part of that. Or maybe he is. Maybe he wants to have his own love child. No. Oh, by the way, did you watch that HBO documentary? I sure did not. I forgot about Hacking Democracy. It's on all this week. No. About the elections. I mean, our election is a week from today, and all week long they're repeating it over and over. Uh, HBO East, West, North, South, Latino, uh, uh, Ruski, uh, Chinese, whatever. Over and over again. 
Oh, let's see. I think it doesn't. It hasn't been on yet. It starts uh, Thursday, October two. So how could we watch it? It starts the day after tomorrow, nine p.m. HBO East. Hacking Democracy, about what they're doing. And uh, it's uh, Bev Harris, Seattle publicist, writer, has watched our group uncovered evidence of mishandled voting records. Her crusade took the group consisting of computer experts, activists, and political candidates from both parties from her home computer, where she found a computer system blueprint accidentally made public to Tallahassee for a mini-election that just proved how easy it is to hack the vote. Hacking the uh, democracy on HBO. Okay? Don't forget, I want you to be glued to that set. You're going to watch it? I might. How about Hack the Wife? I've seen that one. We went through that same thing yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm still not going to play it. What are you most addicted to? That's our poll question today. 1,332 votes. Chris Jones, by the way, I think is communista, okay? And you know what they do with communists in North Carolina? The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560. QAM. Oh, this is Arnold. This is not a tumor. It's the one to two hour. It's a heartwarming story. Isn't she beautiful? Well, that's for sure. About a girl and a horse. Go calm down. Once you start training. A triumph of the human spirit. Until the horse gets high on crap. What happened? She got bucked off the Mustang. Are you hurt? No. Flicka. You could have planned a better way to get yourself killed. The crack addicted horse. What oh, is John Kerry stuck his horse's foot in his ass? He said the soldiers are uneducated, and now there's heritage. Of what uh, can happen if they don't do well. Here's the quote. Kerry said, you know, education, if you make the most of it, you study hard, you do your homework, and you make an effort to be smart, you can do well, and if you don't, you get stuck in a rock. What does the White House have to say about this, then? Look, Senator Kerry is insisting that he was referring to the president there, not to... Uh, actual U.S. troops in Iraq when he was referring to getting stuck in Iraq. Uh, but that's not sitting well with Tony Snow. He jumped all over this. Yeah, well, good for him. Okay, send his ass back to Fox News where he belongs. The Pasadena Star News yesterday reported on a rally for failing California Democratic gubernatorial candidate Phil Angelides, in which John Kerry warned the students in the audience that if they didn't get an education, they'd have no other alternative than to be forced into U.S. armed forces. Then told the students that if they were able to navigate the education system, they could get a comfortable job. If you don't, you get stuck in Iraq, he said to a mixture of laughs, laughter and gasps. Wouldn't that be something if he made a bad gaffe and we finally got his ass out of the way? Oh, a lot of comments on this. Oh, too many pages. Oh, my God. Pages. Stop with the pages. Stop, stop, stop. Jesus. I hate that. Can't stand it. I know if I would have just highlighted the uh, thing and printed out. That. Right. Not going to do it. Tomorrow we'll By the way, you'll be very uh, displeased to know I downloaded uh, Internet mm-hmm. Explorer yeah. 7. Well, good, good, do good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like good luck with uh, your sales manager, okay? Good luck mm-hmm. with Chris Jones. You know, if I, were, if I were you, you know what I would do right now? I'd go into his office. I would take my pants down and, and drop a big load right on his desk. Yeah. yeah. I'd say, I'd... that's from Neil, okay? That's what we think of the tremendous job you're doing. I'd do that before I used uh, that Internet Explorer 7. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the only thing Dwayne Reed stores are missing now. Did you ever hear of Dwayne Reed stores? No. It's a New York thing. I never heard of it. The only thing they're missing now is rock and roll. That's because the popular um, stores are making its shelves a little bit sexier. Anyone looking to spice up their sex life just now go to one of more than 200 New York area Dwayne Reed stores where um, name brand sex aids can be found. See, the whole right hand thing of it is chopped off. Thank God now I got the Internet Explorer 7. Like, that's really going to work? 
Whether it's the luscious kissable cream for sensual massage or the handmade feather applicator, the new products are um, something all around town. There's something. Is this for the adults or the children? Asked Tataria, a Dwayne Reed customer. Tataria. Store executives say the products are definitely for adults. It's something they hope will promote sexual wellness. Even local clergy are chiming in, but some say the addition of the products in the store doesn't necessarily make it risque. It's not like the old sex shops we had here in Times Square, said the Reverend Peter Colpietro of Holy Cross Church. Regardless of whether the products have your blessing or not, the Kama Sutra products are turning up in places uh, all over the place. Currently, they're available in many bars in New York hotels, and a company spokeswoman said negotiations are going on with them with the national hotel chain to make them even more mainstream in Manhattan. The company says it's also pitching its products to spas and big department stores, including Bloomingdale's. How do you like that? What are the right-wingers going to think about that? I don't know. Probably have a problem with it. Like they do with everything else? Sure. While they're doing everything else. Time Magazine asks, can this machine be trusted? A woman walked into a polling place in Peoria, Illinois last week and proceeded to use one of the new electronic voting machines set up for early voting. She logged on, went through each contest, and seemed to be making her choices. After reviewing each race, the machine checked to see if she was satisfied with her selections and wanted to move on. Each time she pressed yes, yes and the machine progressed to the next race. When she was done, a waving American flag appeared on the screen, indicating that her votes had been cast and recorded. But there were four years after Congress passed a law requiring every state to be uh, uh, to vote by a method more reliable than the punch card system that paralyzed Florida and the nation in 2000, the 2006 election is shaping up into a contest, not just between Democrats and Republicans, but also between people who believe in technology and those who fear machines can't be trusted to count votes in a closely divided democracy. Perhaps the biggest fallacy in this debate is the notion that elections were perfect before Congress decided to hold them on computers. Uh, guess what? They were not. Stuffing the ballot box is not an expression from the world of fiction. The problem with overvoting punch cards existed for decades before the dateline Palm Beach County became a household term. Peoria County Joanne Thomas says she routinely tossed out several hundred twice-punched ballots every year. That represents roughly 1% of all registered voters in her jurisdiction. The 2000 election reminded Americans that every vote makes a difference and scrutiny of polling practices intensified. So just as America has moved to a process of electronic voting and tabulation intended to make voting more accessible, reliable, and secure, trust in the system has actually gone down. Can't imagine why, can you? No, why? Says David Orr, clerk of the Illinois' Cook County, we used to have a problem with giving people the wrong ballots, and if we're lucky, we'd catch it before they voted. Now if the same thing happens with a touch screen, it's a conspiracy. So far, at least, Murphy's Law has been a bigger problem than fraud. Many jurisdictions, especially those with longer bilingual ballots, have struggled to program their computers perfectly, and there have been scattered reports of glitches. In three Virginia cities, for example, electronic voting machines have inadvertently shortened the name of Democratic candidate in one of the tightest Senate races in the nation. In Charlottesville, Falls Church in Alexandria, James H. Webb's name will appear on the ballot summary screen page simply as James Titus Senate Races in the Nation. In Charlottesville, Falls Church in Alexandria, James H. Webb's name will appear on the ballot summary screen page simply as James H. Jim with no last name. Sounds like a crisis, except the same thing happened in the June primary and Webb still won. Jim, you voting for Jim or for uh, Makakowitz? Don't Oops. you think? Don't you think, out of uh, fairness, they ought to put uh, first George Allen or ought to say uh, Makakowitz? I think they should, since that's what everybody knows him as. A bigger worry concerns something that's least likely to happen: that somehow uh, someone will somehow meddle with the devices and ma- manipulate vote tallies. It's not impossible. Princeton computer scientist Edward Felton and a group of graduate students this past summer tested the defenses of a voting machine made by Diebold, major manufacturer of such devices. Felton's team found three ways to insert into the machine rogue programs that allowed them to redistribute votes that had already been cast. 
In one in, uh, instance, the testers had to take the machine apart with a screwdriver and act likely to draw the attention of poll workers. But in two others, they were able to quickly infect the device with a standard memory access card in which they had installed a pre-programmed chip. Other computer scientists have also breached electronic voting machines. Congressman Vernon Ellers, a Michigan Republican who has been holding hearings all fall, says manufacturers have produced machines that are very vulnerable, not very reliable, and he says, I suspect, fairly easy to hack. Hack the machine mod. But who would do such a thing? So that means we ought to be watching the HBO thing, uh, hacking the vote, shouldn't we? Yeah, that'll prevent them from doing it. Well, at least then we'll know about it, and then we'll go in there and start screaming and yelling and say, what the hell's going on here, huh? You bastards. You lunatics. What are you most addicted to? That's our poll question today. 1361. I think we got that 1400 licked. Can you smell it? That's because they're licking it. Most addicted to sex, 250. The Neil Rogers Show, 158. A distant second. Sugar, 156. Porno, 149. TV, 103. You ever take that course? Porno TV? TV 103. Oh, no. Pot 95, booze uh, 88, refined carbs 79, the internet 54. I hate this pool. Only 50, 3.6%. Math? math? Oh, math. I thought it said math. I'm addicted to math. <laughs> math 47, caffeine 37. Where the hell did meth all of a sudden go to 47? Where did that come from? I don't know. My people finally woke up. It was on 7. All the meth heads. Uh-huh. Fake, ersatz. Caffeine, 37, gambling, 29, sports, 24, sleeping pills, 17, cocaine, 17, and heroin, only 15. I remember when you were on, you took that poll a couple of years ago, and like 40% of your audience is addicted to heroin. Yeah, but they've moved on to meth, some of them. Well, they, they saw his, his arm in that movie, Requiem, you know? Oh, Jim. <laughs> How's his band doing, by the way, and what, uh, what is he in lately, Jared Leto? The, the band is doing well. As a matter of fact, they're going to be a revolution uh, in November, right around your birthday, I think. Really? November 6th, the day after your birthday, 30 seconds to Mars. My God, have we got some big stuff going on or what? We have some heavy-duty stuff. The fourth, or the second is Tuesday. The Leafs are playing the Panthers at the Enda Center. What's happening on the fourth? There's some big doings on the fourth, Saturday. I forgot what the hell it was. Hmm. Fifth is my birthday Sunday. Sixth is Jared Leto at the where? At Revolution in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> Bless you. Eight. And, of course, the seventh is Election Day. I vote for Jared Leto, with or without the uh, purple arm. Twelve minutes after one at 560 WQM. Don't forget, it's the uh, heat thing, baby. Yeah. Heat. Yeah. So we got Mad Dog and the Humper going to be doing their uh, two to seven at the AAA Arena. And we're going to be really... Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Ira shows up on there. Ira Winbag. Oh, makes me want to crumble to the floor when I think about that, you know? You know what else makes me want to crumble to the floor when I think about it? Chris Jones. You know what he is? Among other things, non-responsive. Well, he's been Non-responsive. And you want to know why? See, if it was up to him, they just wouldn't even sell the show at all, as far as lives are concerned, because I'm too much of a pain in the ass. Well, I like things like, you know, copy and like finding out if we're doing anything yeah. for the client. I'm, I'm a pain in the ass. They don't like that. They don't want to be bothered with that. That's right. Oh, we don't want to sell that Neil. It's just, uh, he's just too picky, and he won't do certain things. Uh, well, screw you, Chris, okay? Should have known. Anybody, any Yahoo that came down from North Carolina with a banjo between his legs? Rectum. Anyway, right now it's Lou Backroad Chevys. Race to 1,000 for the first time in their history. They want to sell 1,000 vehicles in one month. And today, in case you haven't noticed, is the last day of October, the last day of that month. So needless to say, they're going to make you deals like you wouldn't believe. At Lou Backroad, you'll find the largest selection of new and used cars, including the hot new Corvettes. Believe me, you want one even if you have to steal it. Trucks, SUVs, minivans, anywhere going. They've also got used cars starting at just $39.95, everyone backed by a Carfax guarantee. Lou Backroad's out to sell a 1,000 cars this month, so they're staying open until midnight tonight to get to that number. And, of course, I've been buying my Corvettes and other cars there for years and years because they're unbeatable when it comes to service, salespeople, selection, and price. 
In fact, forget about prices. Make them in the offer. They'll beat any deal. More money for your trade, 0% financing, rebates of up to six grand. whatever it takes to get the deal done, and get your ass in that vehicle of your choice. Only at Lou Backroad Chevrolet with two great locations. They're in Pompano Beach, quarter mile west of I-95 in Coconut Creek, and 441 just south of the Sawgrass Expressway. Remember, they'll be open till midnight tonight, so if you want the deal of your life on a great new Chevy, get over to Lou Backroad Chevrolet or check them on the web at Lou Backroad, B-A-C-H-R-O-D-T, LouBackroad.com. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. Only in the Banana Republic, baby. Only in Miami. Have inept election officials left you confused? Here is your guide to understanding how to cast your vote in Palm Beach County, Florida. Follow along with me to see just how easy it can be. Let's get started, shall we? Joining me here in the booth is Mr. Mermelstein. Uh-huh. Who are you voting for? I'll leave it. Yeah, I see. Now, read the butterfly ballot, starting with Bush Cheney in the left column, Buchanan, Chickle Groover, yeah. Mengele, Eichmann, and Goebbels in the right. Where's Al Lieberman? Over there. This Goebbels guy. Yes. Is this the guy who makes my baby food? No. Now simply punch a hole in the 1959 Univac key punch card. Where? There. Over there. Here. Use this microscope. Oh, there. Is that it? No. Uh, okay, I'll punch again. Is this No, it? no. That invalidates your vote. All right, yeah, I'll punch again. You do one. that again. I'll punch you. Why you? Tottering old heeb. Remember, comrades, if you want to live in Florida, exercise your right to vote in accordance to the little brother. One nineteen at five sixty. How about the fat ass brother? What about him? What about him? Jebby says we got it. Jebby says we got it. Oh, mm-hmm. when I you know I read that stuff and I just want to vomit. Just want to puke all over the place. Bob Herbert writes, fed up with everybody. He says in the campaign headquarters, a representative, Chris Chocola, a Republican running for... That sounds like a uh, breakfast drink, doesn't it? Chocola? Mmm. Chocolate. Republican running for re-election in Indiana's Bellwether 2nd Congressional District. There's a large photo of Ronald Reagan on the wall, but no picture of President Bush. Mr. Bush, once an asset for Republican candidates, has become a potentially devastating liability for campaigns like Mr. Chocola. He's not as popular as he was, the congressman said in an interview, but I would still say he's respected. Mr. Chocola is in big political trouble. He knows that President Bush is much more than the cause the, than the solution. Any mention of the Bush administration tends to turn local uh, Republicans as chilly as the dusting of lake effect snow that fell over South Bend the other night. Lucy McKee, a 40-year-old part-time supermarket clerk, told me, I voted for Bush twice. Now I just want him gone. Mr. Bush is coming to this northern Indiana district to raise money for the Chocola campaign, but he hasn't been asked to appear with the congressman publicly to rally the dispirited troops. I don't know that it would help me, said Mr. Chocola. He candidly acknowledged that being seen as aligned with Mr. Bush is not as much of a positive as it used to be. <laughs> right. With control of the House at stake, the GOP can hardly afford to lose Mr. Chocola's seat. Two years ago, he defeated his Democratic opponent, Joe Donnelly, by roughly nine percentage points. Mr. Donnelly is his opponent again this year, and a recent public poll showed him leading Chocola by about five points. Mr. Chocola said his own internal poll showed the race as the dead heat, even Stephen. Democrats seem confident they'll win control of the House on November 7th, and Mr. Chocola is not convinced that they're wrong. If you listen to the news every night, he said it would be hard to say that that's not possible. His district, which has been hurt by the downturn in the auto industry, is more of a bellwether than most. If I win, said Chocola, then I think there's a reasonable chance we'll hold the House. If I don't, I think there's a reasonable chance we won't. Huh? To win, Mr. What the hell was that? Oh, that was my head hitting the microphone. You'd be knocking some sense in you. 
To win, Mr. Chakola and the GOP will have to deal with the unhappiness of voters like Ms. McKee and like Jerry Niazzi, a 60-year-old South Bend resident who works as security monitor at the University of Notre Dame and describes herself as a lifelong registered Republican. I bet you she's got the hots for uh, Brady Quinn. I know I sure as hell do. What's happening now is frightening to me, she said. The war, the deficit, the cronyism. I'm the kind of Republican who signed on for balanced budgets, minimal government, and letting people go about their lives. I feel like somebody has thrown away that playbook. Ms. Niazzi, or is that Nazi, said she's pro-business, but never dreamed that corporate interests would achieve the kind of overwhelming and corrosive influence on the federal government that they have under President Bush. Corrosive, baby. They're cleaning up, she said, while people here are having a tough time even just making ends meet. The overwhelming sense I took away from interviews with voters in and around South Bend was a feeling of disillusionment with government. Republicans and Democrats spoke sourly about the Bush administration, but no one expected dramatic changes if the Democrats gained control of one or both houses. People say the Democrats are weak, and frankly, I think they are, said Vernon DeWitt, who recently moved to Mishawaka from St. Louis. I'm fed up with everybody, he said. Mishawaka. You know who lives there? No. Who? Bunch of Michigoyim. Oh. The big issue here, as in most of the country, is Iraq, which will have claimed close to 3,000 American lives by the end of this year, and which has lasted almost as long as the U.S. involvement in WW2. The war creates stress on the electorates, uh, electorate, said Congressman Chicola. I think it wears people's patience. They don't see a clear light at the end of the tunnel. They see every night on the news the bad things going on. They almost never see any of the good things going on. That's because there aren't any. It's understood this is a very tough political environment for Republicans. People want change. But the lack of great enthusiasm for the Democrats is an indication that the system itself isn't working well, and that would be a problem more serious than even Iraq. There are only two major parties. Where, where do troubled voters turn if the country is in a serious fix, and neither party is seen as having an adequate solution? Maybe we'll have to bring Fidel up from Cuba. Oh, think? yeah. He'll fix it. Yeah. Bring him to uh, Miami. Give him, give him a shave, bath, mm -hmm. haircut, string his ass up. Two bits. A school safety drill in Wyoming, Michigan. Did I do this story the other day or not? I don't know. I guess not. Huh? Doesn't a school safety idea. drill that included police officers in riot gear with weapons has caused concern among some parents who say it was too realistic and frightened some of the students. Police in the western Michigan community of Wyoming entered two classrooms at Lee Middle and High School on Thursday last week and announced there was a threat to the school, the Grand Rapids Press says. Students who were unaware police were conducting a drill were taken from the classroom into the halls, patted down by officers and asked what they had in their pockets, the newspaper said. What do you got in your pocket? It would take forever to get some help. But a new wind was about to blow. Some of these kids were so scared they just about wet their pants, said Marge Bradshaw, a parent with four children in Godfrey Lee schools. I think it's pure wrong that the students and parents weren't informed of this. Officers wore protective gear, including vests and helmets, and carried rifles that were unloaded and marked with colored tape to indicate they were not live weapons, the newspaper said. I'm sure the kids knew that. I'm sure the kids were aware of that. that when the... I wet my pants. Diana Silva, a parent of an 8th grade student, said the drill went too far. My child was with his face to the wall in the hallway of the high school, Silva said. I certainly don't want anything like this happening to my child. Principal David Britton said students weren't told ahead of time to make the drill as realistic as possible. Teachers were informed moments before it took place. I think this is the best way to do it, Britton said. We're not looking to scare anyone, but we want a sense of urgency. We want them to pee in their pants. But Wyoming Police Chief James Carmody said his officers were not aware students and parents weren't told. He said his department will mandate that parents be notified ahead of time in the future. Uh, and what was this drill supposed to be in the practice? The purpose was to show how we'll evacuate the classroom, not to assault the classroom, he said. Mm -hmm. It was an evacuation drill. And obviously, some of them did evacuate, like in their pants. That's why they had them lining up against the wall, getting frisked. Right. An evacuation That's right. drill. Just like a couple of nights ago, we had one of our phony uh, fire alarms, false alarm, in mm -hmm. my building here. And I waddled down several flights of stairs to get to the um, lobby. 
And a whole bunch of people from the building were in there. And, boy, there was a fine, fine young gentleman in there, early 20s, glasses on, very clean cut. Never saw him before in the building. And I sat there like, you know, what are you going to do when you're waiting for them to give you the all clear? What are you, the fire guys, are the, they're running in there and out, and they're, like, schlepping around. There's nothing going on, you know. And the thing is going, bat, 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 like that, like guilty. Like that. Then I noticed that uh, this gentleman had a wedding band on. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about uh, his better half. You bitch, you slut, you whore. Kept thinking, what a waste. Well, maybe he's on the DL. I beg your pardon? You know, on the down low. Oh. Maybe uh, I'm going to go and do a door-to-door search. Sounds good to me. 26 past 1 at 560 WQM, your perverted station, man. Forget about sports. That's the only sport anybody cares about It's screwing their brains out, getting laid, getting uh, somebody hot, getting into somebody's pantaloons, baby. That's all anybody cares about. The rest of them are a bunch of liars, right? Right. Everybody else is a liar. There's no lie when I tell you I've been using dry concepts on my carpets and all over my home for 21 long years now. Because you'd have to be crazy to let anybody else come in there and potsky around with your expensive carpeting and furniture and drapery and all of these uh, all of these things, things, oriental rugs, area rugs. And don't forget, just because you can't see the dirt with the naked eye and the molding in your carpet doesn't mean it's not in there. It's in there, trust me. Just like they say with that prego spaghetti sauce, it's in there. And in South Florida, people tend to go long periods of time without opening windows, which really breeds unhealthy conditions, not just schmutzy, but unhealthy as well. More reasons to dry clean your carpets on a regular basis with dry concepts. Your carpet lasts longer because by keeping it dry clean, it stays cleaner longer, too. comes out softer. The colors come out looking better. Your house smells lemony fresh, and your carpets are dry in just a couple of hours, so you really can clean today and entertain tonight, entertain tonight when you call dry concepts. And don't forget, dry concepts has got a plan to make frequent cleaning easy at just a fraction of the cost of regular cleaning, too. You'll never have a dirty carpet again if you use dry concepts like I've been doing all these years. In Broward, call them at 954-370-7778. That's 954-370-7778. In Dayton, Palm Beach, call dry concepts toll-free at 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. George Rodriguez, no good. Once there was this kid who had a little accident and had to run from school, but when he finally came back, his friends gave him the nickname of Stinky George. He tried to make a John, but you know he couldn't hold it. Twenty seven oh two. Let's see, got a couple of faxes here, short and sweet. And why didn't we add this on before? It's your fault. Because uh, I'm not a pill chewer. Well, why not? Because I'm not Rush Limbaugh. This entry it said might add numbers to your pull. I'm surprised you got this late into the show without somebody else thinking of them. Painkillers like Vicodin, right. Percocet, Oxys, Oxys, right? <laughs> things like that. All I mean, of these. All of these things. things. Painkillers. With that meth. Got it on there. Painkillers. We do now. Oh, yeah, meth is getting the crank vote. It's getting, like, free <laughs> That's cute, the crank vote. Uh-huh. No, seriously, it is. It's getting uh, 69 already. We had seven votes, like, ten minutes ago, and now it's got 69. 
Puerto Rican Ralph says, uh, "Want to wish you a happy birthday, long-time listener, over 18 years." And he says, "See that that I just played? It's you know, it's cute, but he doesn't know how to say it right, like Miss Foley." I say, "Mmm," <laughs> like that, as opposed to whatever they were doing. So we got uh, painkillers. We can actually get to 1,500 with all these crank uh, votes. Excuse me. They're googling that, and you want to know why they're doing it? Because they said, "Oh well, uh, you know, they're always complaining that everybody and their brother is on meth, and all these towns are going to hell." And it only right. had seven votes, and now it's got 69. I bet you if I Google it, it's got more. Because you know, once they start creeping something, it'll let the numbers start just ballooning up there. Right on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 70. See, they're they're coming in by the ones. A catastrophe was narrowly averted when a jetliner landed on a narrow taxiway at Newark Airport instead of the runway, according to the New York Post. In an astonishing screw-up Saturday, the pilot of Continental Flight 1883 touched down on a taxiway just to the north of the runway, only feet from administrative buildings. Then he proceeded to the gate as if nothing had happened, sources said. To say this is lucky was an understatement, one source said. This is a big effing deal. How do you land a jet on a taxiway, question mark? FAA investigators are trying to figure out what caused the pilot deviation, officials said. Although no one was hurt. See, it was an accident, but nobody got hurt. Although no one was hurt, experts said there could have been a disaster had another plane been on the taxiway at the time. The Boeing 757 flying from Orlando made a standard approach over the New Jersey Turnpike, but rather than landing on the 6,800-foot-long, 150-foot-wide runway 29, it touched down on a 70-foot-wide taxiway at 6.31 p.m. The wingspan of the jet is 155 feet. The pilot made such a short stop, he left skid marks on the taxiway, which were later found by police investigating the bizarre incident, according to a source. Experts said they were baffled how, on a clear night, the pilot could mistake a runway for a taxiway. The sun had set at 5.58 in the p.m. The plane carried 157 passengers and a crew of six. Port Authority police immediately were identified, but the pilot didn't hang around to explain himself. There was no acknowledgement from the crew they had landed on the taxiway, the source said. In other words, they screwed up, but they hightailed it right. out of there. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, what should we be saying? We got to the gate, and that's all that counts. Boise, Idaho. Here's a Halloween story. You know what I would be doing if I was uh, giving out Halloween candy? I'd have bags and bags of Mary Jane. Would you? I'd be giving them out. Well, well if get, there was any left. But to get your house hanged. Oh, why did you start with that yesterday? That was one of the you worst things. You were the one that started you... it. I didn't bring I did it up not. out of the blue. All right, How could I start it when I, I'm not the one that had the uh, goopy Mary Jane sitting around that you, you found You were somewhere. talking about it, and I said there happens to be one right here. I was talking about Mary Jane? You were talking about all that old candy. And I said, Get out Mary of Jane here. You're right a here. crazy person. Is that right, Josh? He did bring it up. Who did? I, well, I know he mentioned the candy that he had. He had a little Right, Mary that's Jane. correct. After you did, after you started talking about candy. I didn't start talking about it until I, you mentioned the Mary Janes. Yeah, you I were just talking about that website again to see if you could still right. get the Mary Janes, man. And out of nowhere, I said, hey, I got a Mary Jane candy right here. You and can where, go where, out the, and buy where the some. hell did it come from? Rectum. I mean, yeah. it fell out off the ceiling for crying out loud. In fact, I know I wasn't talking about it because that's what I thought you were talking about when you said Mary Jane. Mm hmm. Anyway, what did you do with it? Did you schmick can it? I told you. I did yesterday. It was sticky. Oh, big deal. No black cat will cross your path this Halloween, not if a northern Idaho animal shelter can help it. Like many shelters around the country, the Kootenai Humane Society in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Excuse me. Is, is prohibiting black cat adoptions from now till November 2nd, till Thursday, fearing the animals could be mistreated in Halloween pranks, or worse, sacrificed in some satanic ritual. All you kids out there, don't be nailing a dead cat to somebody's door. By the way, it's pronounced Kootenai. What did I say? Kootenai. Well, that's because it's in Idaho and you're a Montana boy. I so understand, you know but nevertheless, it's the Kootenai River, Kootenai County. Kootenai. Kootenai. What old coot came up with that crap? It's an engine word. 
The rest may be remote, said the shoulders executive director. It's kind of an urban legend. Oh, who was in that movie? I bet you Jared Leto was in that urban legend, wasn't he? In one or two. I don't know. Yeah, he was. But in the humane industry, it's pretty typical that shelters don't do adoptions of black cats or white bunnies because of the whole satanic sacrificial thing, Morgan said. If we prevent one animal from getting hurt, then it serves its purpose. You don't think that whole satanic uh, sacrificial thing has to do with that, all those wild stories of Jesus and that stuff? Maybe. All those stories of human sacrifice? Out of 97 cats at the shelter, 20 are black, Morgan said. That's not good for them. However, some animal experts said the practice is more to hurt animals than protect them. Black cats already suffer a stigma because of their color, said Gail Buckwald, vice president of the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animal Shelters in New York City. Why penalize them anymore by limiting the times when they can be adopted? That's right. Poor little putty cat wants a home, for crying out loud. So what if you do put it in the microwave and nail it up on the door? Mm -hmm. Black cats tend to be adopted less often than other felines. I bet you didn't know that. No. Behaviorally, there's no difference from the color of the cat. It's tied into this whole mythology about the animal. Don't let it cross your path, some foreboding or foreshadowing of evil, and that's an outdated superstition she'd be saying. See, I don't care what the color of the cat is. I just hate them all anyway. It's not clear how many shelters still seasonably ban black cat adoption, said Kim Intino, director of animal sheltering issues for the Humane Society of the USA, but the trend seems to be fading, along with the once common bans on bunny adoptions around Easter or puppy adoptions as Christmas gifts. Puppy adoptions as Christmas gifts? Yeah, it does happen. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. That sounds like a great idea for my house. Does it? I, if there were people, I'm not going to be there. If there were people or if there were problems, I don't want that, you know, like I said yesterday, my carpets are nice and clean thanks to dry concepts right now after all of this time has gone by. Especially uh -huh. that little piece of crap, that tiny, you know. In fact, little piece of crap was his middle name. And sometimes it wasn't so little. If there were people out there performing rituals with animals, then I would think that Halloween would be a time for that. But a good adoption process would tend to weed that out, Tino said. There's going to be instances of weird abuse that happens no matter what. The remedy is not banning black cat adoptions. But if you're in Boise, Idaho, well, good luck to you in the first place. Never been to Idaho. It depends on which part you go to. Coeur d'Alene? Coeur d'Alene, yes. Northern Panhandle is a nice, beautiful area. What is it? Kootenai? Kootenai. Coeur d'Alene. And you're wondering why 33 or 35% of America still uh, loves Bush? You're wondering? Well, it's about 50-50 there, I would say. A lot of hippies live there. Let, let, let me give you uh, a, a barometer, okay? A yardstick, mm -hmm. a measuring point. Mm -hmm. Think about our sales manager. The biggest name. Didn't the come from Idaho. Talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560. QAM. Ricky, a blow. Miami has the Dolphins, and here we go again. Yes. Another losing season that's never gonna end. Uh -huh. They never win, they never will, and I will never know why Sports Illustrated picked them to win the Super Bowl. And they're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? 32. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. The same old story, nothing new. The Dolphins are such losers. They really are quite lame. I knew it from the very start. I watched the Pittsburgh game. And did you see the wimpy way Nick Saban threw that flag? Standing on the sidelines, he looked just like a fag. And they're the Miami Dolphins. You fair. Miami Dolphins. 
Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? 32. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Their problems stick to them like glue. Absolutely. The Dolphins lost to Buffalo and then beat Tennessee. Oy. It's only by sheer luck that they pulled out a victory. And then they played the Texans. It almost made me sick. That stupid two-point pass play. That fumbling onside kick. And they're the <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? So. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Poland Omar needs new shoes. The Dolphins can't control the ball. Their running game is flat. As for their execution, well, I'd agree with that. They're always gonna blow a lead of that, you can be sure. And when they leave the field, so has the stench of cow manure. And they're the <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Give them another shot of blue. But Dolphins have no strategy. They play like idiots. Another couple games lost to the Patriots and Jets. I think they're all retarded. It's almost like they're cursed. Ask Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas which team is the worst. And they'll say, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number. Oh, what the hell? 32. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, now they're through. 148, 12 minutes before the Mad Dog from the AAA Arena. Heat season starts tonight. They get the rings, man. Where are they going to put that ring? Rectum. Look at that. Number four, our red story on our website today is uh, GOP uh, perverts. GOP homoerotic, uh, homoerotic cabal. Chris and his sweet 16 friend. 200 plus people have read that already. It's moving up the list. Josh would be really proud of that if he would have put that on there. But maybe Eric will explain it to you someday. Well, I'm sure he's really proud of it. No, he's not. Jurors hearing evidence against Ronald Samuels accused of having a hitman to kill his wife and her second husband convicted the 58-year-old Boca man of seven of eight criminal counts today. However, the judge in the case, Lucy Cherno-Brown, sent the panel back into the jury room. I wonder if she's kin to Fudge Brown. Is Fudge Brown? Or Bobby Brown. Sent the panel back into the jury room to complete the verdict form because they didn't complete all the questions pertaining to the verdict. There's a possibility, then, the jury could return with a change verdict. Better keep your eye on it. Among the guilty verdicts returned against Samuels were for first-degree attempted murder of his ex-wife, attempted second-degree murder of her husband, shooting into an occupied vehicle, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and three or four counts of soliciting a hitman to commit murder. Other than that, not much. Samuels faces life in prison if convicted in the murder-for-hire case. Prosecutors say the wealthy Boca man hired four crack addicts to kill his ex-wife Heather and her husband John Grossman during a battle over child support and visitation. He must have been pretty PO'd, huh? I imagine. Heather Grossman was crippled in the 97 attack. John Grossman survived with minor injuries, but died before the case was brought to trial. State wildlife officials have developed several potential changes to the 
Florida Alligator Management Program, including removing from the reptile from its list of imperiled species and allowing homeowners to deal with nuisance gators themselves. In other words, kill them. Right on. State may downgrade, downgrade gators to game and allow killing by homeowners is the headline. Don't you want to go out and kill some gators? Yeah, right. I know the hurricanes do because they're pissed off. The possible changes come from the first comprehensive review of the management program in its 20-year history, developed through a public input over a 10-day period in September. A draft proposal was posted on the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission's website yesterday. The commission will hear the options at its December meeting and make recommendations to state scientists. Some of the new rules could take effect by late next year, and you can start killing all the gators you want. Wouldn't that be great? Right. That's some good eating. It's the killing state, baby. It's Florida. Crawfordsville, Indiana. A teenager who decided to get her breast pierced for her 18th birthday faces reconstructive surgery after a flesh-destroying infection forced doctors to remove her left breast. Ow. Bad decision. Yeah. Stephanie Eddington of Crawfordsville remained hospitalized Friday at the Indiana University Medical Center, Indianapolis, where surgeons also removed lymph nodes and infected skin up to her collarbone. Dr. Robert Goulet, Jr., I wonder if he was singing to her. A professor at the Indiana University Cancer Center said the piercing created an entry point for the bacteria, but the procedure likely did not cause the infection itself. Eddington is diabetic, which left her susceptible to infection. Oh, another good reason for me not to go out and get any ice cream today. Or a nipple piercing. Or uh, Mary Jane's. Doctors diagnosed Eddington who had the piercings August 29 with necro- necrotizing fasciitis. Huh? Or gas gangrene, a rare condition Ew. that results from rapid bacteria growth and leads to tissue destruction. It's only the third documented case in the world of gas gangrene in the breast area, Goulet told the paper of Montgomery County. She was in critical condition by the time she arrived at the hospital October 14. By the time she got here, the skin tissue was all pretty much completely dead, he said. She was a very sick kid when she got here. Eddington's on an aggressive antibiotic regimen, has already undergone three surgeries. She faces several more, including eventual breast reconstruction. How do you like that? How do you, you know, and that's one of the shows they put on A&E, along with that uh, Chris Angel Mind Freak or whatever that stupid crap yes, is. you're a freak. Freak. Inked. Every time I turn over to A&E expecting some kind of a real show, you know, oh, inked, stinked. That's what I'm thinking. Have you ever seen that? Ink? You're inking? Yeah. I can't stand tattoos, man. I just can't. They just gross me out. Uh, that's what I was going to get you for your next birthday. Oh, okay. Right on my left cheek. Rectum tattoo, yeah. Yeah. One that says, hey, Chris Jones belongs here, okay? It'll say, kiss this. Kiss this, Chris. And, of course, you know what the experts say about him, don't you? Good job yeah. by Chris. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Of course, he was an expert. Remember in the early days he was sucking up to the sales department? Yada, yada, yada. Because no matter what I would say or you would say, he would say the opposite. Of course, that was the sales department that we had back then. That in retrospect, starting to look maybe just a little bit better. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. It's day in Miami town at 560 WQAM. All right. Roger, uh, what's the problem up there? Uh, Roger, Houston confirmed. We lost our nuts and bolts up here. Over. Uh, Roger that. Uh, do you guys know what you're doing up there? Well, to be honest with you, Houston, uh, negative on that. They lost a boat last night in flight. Oh, for crying out loud. But a that is them. Houston, we have a problem. And that's all I have to say about that. It's supposed to be hard. What kind of joint is this? Dang it. Think you might be able to uh, send someone up here to help us? Uh, Roger, space station, negative on that. I've never heard 
This is not funny. This is totally unprofessional. You are an idiot. You're a fat idiot. Space station. I'm not sure exactly what what you want us to do down here. Well, Houston, we're not exactly sure what to do up here. I am very professional. Rocket Warning, warning. Come on, this isn't rocket science here. Thank you, fellow astronauts there. I think what you're doing is really important. Thanks for taking my phone call. Now get back to work. Thank you. <laughs> bye, bye, bye.